Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 93. We're a podcast that talks about pop culture things, and sometimes there's whiskey. My name is John, and I am joined, as always, by Andrea. Good evening, everyone. So if you're watching this, you can see we've got quite the crowd tonight. Um, we're going to go around and uh, introduce people here in a moment uh, for any new viewers. And we do have one brand new guest. Yeah. Um, tonight, we only have one news story. Um, and then later, we're going to be talking about the legendary Ridley Scott. So um, stay tuned for that. Before we get there, drink holidays, Andrea. Yeah, yeah. So we're just a few days into the month of February. So we're going to dovetail on the end of January 31st. It was National Hot Chocolate Day, yeah. uh, which seems quite fitting, you know, if you've been up here anywhere near the Midwest mm. or even, you know, the past couple of days, the whole entire central to northeastern belt has gotten uh, icy. So stay warm out there, curl up with hot chocolate because it was National Hot Chocolate Day recently. Um, other than that, as we get into February, February is also, uh, much like January, has a national um, month-long holiday. It is National Stout Month. Um, I'm not quite as excited about this as I was about uh, January. I thought that was clever <laughs> and awesome, and I like gin. Not quite a stout fan, but uh, I know there there are stout people out there, so... Enjoy all month long if that is you. Is that like a a height joke? Or <laughs> that would be more of a weight joke. Okay. Okay. So I, I doubt that I was making a weight joke. <laughs> either way. Either way. Uh, either way. Um, and then tomorrow, February fifth, it is International Pisco Sour Day. Um, which basically Pisco is a liqueur, um, and it's a kind of white brandy. So yeah. basically a brandy sour, but kind of looks more like, I don't know, kind of looks like a margarita, actually, you know, in the uh, pictures I've seen of it. I was looking it up and I, I, I don't know why I hadn't thought of this before, but we've been doing this for a while and mm -hmm. we're recycling days, obviously. So I'm like, Some I of them, this yeah. day coming up before. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Longevity, we're, baby. Right. Yep. Back at it. Back yep. around. Yeah. I remember this. Right. All right. So we're going to talk to and introduce our guests first. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for all this great holidays, Andrea. But mm -hmm. Shane, you're a returning guest. Welcome back. Thank you. It's a pleasure um, to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. What are you drinking? I am drinking water. <laughs> all right. Nice. Hey, in a fancy bottle. <laughs> Artisanal. Artisanal. Yeah. <laughs> Straight from awesome. the tap. Delicious. <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. Um, you know, we need water every day. So um, what have you been up to since we've last seen you? What have you been watching and that sort of thing? Uh, well, Emily and I have been into Peacemaker. Okay. Been keeping up with that. Uh, pretty funny. Entertaining. And we just started watching, um, apropos of the topic this week, we just started watching the new season of uh, Raised by Wolves. Nice. nice. Of course, the first two episodes last night. Well, if you want to be, um, I don't know, if you want to feel feelings, you tell me what kind that you feel. You can go on YouTube and watch my rant about Peacemaker. I'm sure that's why Andrea was smirking. Rant, over there, as you said I that, was. 
<laughs> give me the uh, give me a brief summation of what it is. Yeah. Thumbs up or thumbs down, John? Oh, hard. He's thumbs a big down. thumbs down. I am a thumbs up. Thumbs down. I'm a wow. thumbs up. I'll, I'll have to go watch this yeah. rant then. Yeah. There's nothing uh, you don't find anything redeeming about it or what? It's quite lengthy. Eagly. Yeah. Uh, Eagly's good. I, I am so disappointed by the show because I've been a fan of I've for James Gunn material, all I know are two Guardians of the Galaxy movies and the um and then uh no, um, uh, Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, yeah. <laughs> and I liked all three of those things, um, quite a lot, actually. So I had high expectations for this, and was massively let down. Now I've only seen two episodes, so I don't know if things change. But uh, yeah, anyone that really wants to know how I feel about it, they go ahead and check because um, I don't want to get into spoilers for sure here and all that stuff. So. If you've seen it and like it and want to hate me, go and watch this. So. I'm excited to talk to you more about this. Okay. You can right. save that for another time. Yeah. I watch Slither, okay. John. Slither? Okay. Yeah, it's I have heard movie. of that one. Yeah, it has Nathan Fillion and Elizabeth Banks. But you should check it out. It's kind of fun. Oh. Okay, cool. That was James Gunn? It was directed by him, yeah. Oh, far out. All right. Well, that's uh, that's good stuff. Uh, next over, I guess that's Pete. I mean, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> returning. This is Johnny. Yeah. Two-time All Valley Karate <laughs> Champion. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome, Johnny. Step into my uh, dojo. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have some banquets. Um. Well, some what have sandwiches uh... with bacon. <laughs> okay so you, pete what have what are you drinking what have you been watching clearly it seems like uh a little bit of um cobra kai possibly cobra kai yes having a good time with that uh you know nothing fancy just a little bit of captain <laughs> mixing it with uh the champagne oh, so of colas <laughs> <laughs> Like, RC is like liquid gold in Chicago, just so you know. So. And then Andrea's okay. favorite mug next to the Walking Dead mug. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's America's third favorite cola. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. RC cola. All right. So, well, um, awesome. are you caught up on uh, Cobra Kai then? And in yep. your finished it, enjoyed it. Okay. Nice. There was punch and there was kicking and there were uh, there was a whole bunch of comedy. So I I got my money's worth for okay. subscribing nice. to network. Yeah. Um, I see in your in the show notes you listed Ozark. I yeah know this by name, but I don't know anything about it. Um, what is that? Is that worth it? Let's. Oh uh... Uh, yeah, yeah. I I enjoy it. It is. Um... If you want to know about uh, money laundering, uh, watch the show. I've watched three seasons, and I'm still not exactly sure of the fine minutiae details of how to launder money, but uh, they, okay. they keep trying to explain it to me. And if um, you had to do it, you'd be able to, right? Oh, yeah. I, I can whip <laughs> up the software, no problem. The uh, the, the the funny uh, the part I enjoy is you know Jason Bateman always plays like this wisecrack in, you know, smooth talker 
And it's a bit of a departure for him in this where he's more of the um, uh, Sheldon Cooper is the easiest reach, but you know, he's the, uh, the mathematical whiz and he's not mm-hmm. really uh, more cold than, than warm. And uh, it, it affects his marriage in such a way that uh, they get into a bad business relationship and they have to flee to the Ozarks and they uh, launder money for uh, the cartel and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> the uh, criminal elements of the Ozarks aren't quite ready to uh, allow this. So there, there's a lot of intrigue. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I would I would check it out. Okay. There's no laser beams and alien goo, so sure. it's a departure, as you can tell from, you know, The Shining and and you know my other decor. This isn't <laughs> my my usual fare in, in viewing, but I'm yeah, enjoying uh, Ozark quite a bit. All right, cool. Yeah, I've really I've heard some amazing things about that show. I've been meaning to check it out, and I I think didn't another season just drop recently? Yeah, I think yes. it's on four. Yeah. So this is supposed to be the the final season, okay. and nobody told me. Spoiler alert: <laughs> we only got to see half the season. Oh, okay. okay. So we it's get to do it all this, over again for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. But this is okay because I know the second part's coming out, and then <laughs> I didn't think I'd be like in and out, and now I got to wait years for Dune Part 2, and it's extortion, baby. They're making me pay twice the amount of money for one episode, but you can go back several episodes of uh, this show to feel my rage. Sure. All right. <laughs> um, well, then, um, up next, new guest, brand new guest, yeah. Renato. Ooh, welcome. Um, hi, hi. Thank you. Long-time Thank you listener. Me. You, like, uh, yeah, in the chat, helping yeah, out. Lurking. Yeah, So, um, <laughs> Why don't you tell us uh, what you're drinking, maybe a little bit about um, yourself and what you've been watching. So I am drinking, well, it's empty now. It's in my other glass, but it's a fusion whiskey. <laughs> it's a mix of different Kentucky bourbons. So I do have some this year. Nice. In case you thought. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, this one's pretty good. So Nice. I usually, I usually tend to favor some whiskeys if I had to t- pick a drink, but I do you're enjoy true to the, too. Yeah. You're staying true to the roots of our show, Yeah. where this was all spawned out of. Yeah, whiskey awesome. love. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Now this one's really good. We um for a while during the I guess not during the pandemic, but I guess it's still going. But we did a few um like tastings with the buddies, and we mm, ended up getting yeah. a bunch of different liquors and whiskeys, and we tried a ton of stuff and nailed it with this one. So nice. But right. yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh so people know I guess I'm from Chicago, Midwest as well. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of into everything too. Like, I just, I don't, you can you tell from the list that I have, like, I have Euphoria. I was watching Preacher, Lost in Space. Um, you know, there's, we watched, I watched a movie with my girlfriend called The Tinder Swindler, which is kind of wild. I'm so excited <laughs> to watch that. Like, don't tell me anything. I'm so pumped. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild, but um, that's like a documentary. So, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I kind of like to dip my feet in and everything. Uh, so, but we got to, we got to test um, his Chicago cred, though. All right, oh, you okay. ready? Ooh, yeah, best pizza. Is... Best pizza. Best pizza. Well, considering I ha- I ordered it tonight, Lumanati's. It's Lou's. Oh, you're in Chicago. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm in Chicago. Yeah. All right. Best burger. Yeah. Best burger. Oh, I don't know. That's tough. Um, fuck. There's so many. I, don't, I really can't pick. I mean, Portillo's is a pretty good burger. Um, oh, Portillo's. We didn't make it to Italian beef or combos yet. Oh, Italian beef. Shit. 
Don't get me started. I'm already fat. I would get fat talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> what about well, Kuma's that way, How do you feel about Kuma's? Kuma's, you know what? Um, I haven't been in years. It was really okay. good from what I've heard recently. It's like a rock-themed uh, burger yeah. bar for you guys mm-hmm. who don't know. Um, like all the all the burgers are named at the rock band or, or heavy metal, I guess, if you want to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't been lately. Uh, so far, they say since they expanded, it's not as great, but um, it, it was the original. Good it, so yeah, the original the still holds side. up. Yeah. yeah, but if you get a yeah, chance, uh, go to Offset Barbecue. My friend uh, owns it. Offset? Where's that? Yeah. At? Uh, it's in Logan Square area. I swear. Okay. Cool. They're uh less than a year old, but oh, okay. Yeah, I'll check that out. Offset. Sweet. Is cool. anybody but... else like ready for a snack break right now? Like, it'd yeah. be cool if I just like go make myself some pizza. I or hear a Chicago, sandwich, and or... I'm like, we gotta talk food. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I want you just yeah. yell at Chris to make him make you a sandwich. Make me a yeah. sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> but. But yeah, so yeah, I've been here my whole life. But I uh, met Alan obviously through school at Drake University in uh, Des mm-hmm. Moines, fabulous Des Moines. So nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to talk about Ridley Scott and all that. So yeah, no, you do have a, a good variety of shows here that you're watching. Um, yeah, all of us are dead. That's the new Korean, the Korean. Zombie, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I've only seen two episodes, and it's um, it's pretty good. It's a lot of uh, uh got a lot of train uh, train to Busan vibes. If you guys have seen that, mm-hmm. yeah, um, another good. Korean one. Um, so yeah, that was good. Um, Euphoria Some we Kingdom caught vibes up though. Too. Yeah, Kingdom. Yeah, Euphoria is really good. Kingdom. I haven't seen that, but Euphoria is a little bit more. Uh, Does anybody mm-hmm. have news on Kingdom season two? Season three. Three, yeah. Season three, Kingdom. What? Yeah, it's yeah. A, oh, there's two, two seasons and a movie. Okay, I haven't it seen the movie. I still haven't seen the movie yet. But, you should. Uh, it gives some good context. I mean, it seems it's, like it's the between, the in between season two and three, right? That's. Uh, I mean, yeah. In mm-hmm. in part, okay. I will say I'm not going to give everything away, but yes, there there are some pieces that will bridge, I think, to season three. Okay. But it's very good. It's very good. That's one of the yeah. shows that escaped me. I love me some zombie stuff, but I haven't got like I started Kingdom and then I kind of just stopped for some reason and haven't got okay. back into it. But I got to do that. The uh, I I watched about half an episode. I like just peeked into All of Us Are Dead and uh, the zombie action, like movement and like the way they were kind of look and feel was very Kingdom like. If yeah, know, for those well, who have watched Kingdom, you should read a book by an author I know. I think it's called Zombie at the Gates. Yeah, I think that. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah send it send that my way <laughs> uh what we'll to put links and stuff in the, the, yeah put a link in I'll the descriptions that. later yeah i'll get that <laughs> vampire autopsy if you another classic yeah 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 beginning yep. and the end of the show plugs in yeah yeah all right um well awesome andrea how about you how what are you drinking and what's your week being like? Ooh, my drink looks super cool. Sorry. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Name it. Name it. Uh, so it's the Alien Acidic Blood Punch. Oh, okay. What do you mean you bleed acid? How can you bleed I... acid, man? <laughs> How can I drink acid? Because she's uh, a xenomorph. <laughs> my big secret revealed. You saw it all here. Um, so that's what I'm drinking on theme for tonight's discussion of, of Ridley Scott and his oeuvre, um, for things that I've watched this week, boy, I've been all over the place. 
continuing Gargoyles because I can't stop and I love it and I'm reliving my childhood and enjoying every minute of it. Um, I watched the next episode of Peacemaker. I am loving it enough to keep going. Like, I know we, t- we did a whole spoilery discussion of that um, and had some... I had some issues with the show. You had many issues with the show, John. Um, But I think episode three took a stab at addressing some of the issues that I was concerned about. So I'm intrigued enough to go to four. So, Um, And then I started Hulu's recently released series, Pam and Tommy, which is all about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and their uh, torrid marriage and subsequent release of their sex tape. Um, It's fun. It's wild and crazy and all over the place. And I feel a little like I'm doing acid along with Tommy Lee as I watch it, but it's intriguing. I, I quite enjoy it so far. And I think uh, Sebastian Stan and Lily James are doing great as the two leads. So I actually didn't realize that it was them too. When I saw the, like the trailer for it recently, I was just like, Holy shit. Sebastian okay, Stan yeah. as Tommy Lee. Wow. That's a transformation. Yeah, like he does it good. Um, and I know he called, he reached out to Tommy Lee and like, you know, kind of got a feel for what he, you know, a lot of his mannerisms and like way of talking and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, huge props to those two actors because they're crushing it. Nice. That's awesome. I have to check that out. Um, and then, uh, in the spirit of Ridley Scott week, I watched uh, a couple things I'd never seen before of his. I've never seen Thelma and Louise. So I watched that. Really? Yeah, I I don't know why. I mean, I like understood cultural references to it and I'd seen clips of it before, but realized I never like sat down and watched it. So I did. I'm uh, happy for you. Thumbs up. Really enjoy that film. Um, I watched The Last Duel, one of his more recent releases. It's because of say... Marvel. No one went to this. Yeah. <laughs> well, pandemic too, but Yeah. No, no, no. Not according to Ridley, for oh. sure. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had, I had very back and forth thoughts about this. There were things okay. I really in, enjoyed and appreciated and things that I was like, hmm, I don't know about that, but I don't want to get too spoilery yet. Um, and then I only, did. No. Go ahead, oh, go what? Ahead, no, I was like, unfortunately, I only got like through half of that movie. It's long. Yeah. I mean, it's really Scott. So he's he's going to sit you down and keep yeah. you there. Um, but it's yeah, same, so I, I had very back and forth Three thoughts. times in a row. It is. Yeah. Although, like, I appreciated that he didn't shoot, like, the exact same scenes. Like, even though he was, like, telling the story from different character point of view, we didn't see the exact same scenes all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, thank God. Like, I don't actually actually have to watch all of the same thing <laughs> yeah. over and over and over again. Um, so, yeah, so I, I finished that. I finished the first episode of season two of Raised by Wolves. Um definitely continuing along our crazy course in this show. I think, yeah. Season two is definitely not a place for anybody to jump in. If you've never seen raised by wolves, you have to watch the first season because it is just going to be like balls to the wall. Totally nuts. Like you're not going to get anything. So yeah, I kept saying what? (laughs) Even, (laughs) even me who like went back and like did a little recap and I still like, it started and I was like, what is this? Like, yeah, what who where oh why they're here now okay yeah okay all right um and then yeah just rounding out my my cultural week um i'm reading the long way to a small angry planet 
which is a fun sci-fi book, um, and then continuing along my Wheel of Time journey, reading, slogging through Crossroads of Twilight. Oh, so it hasn't really picked up for you now. <laughs> and um, it, won't. it was starting to come No, out no. He he is still like this is one of his last books. I think it might be no Eleven's his last. Um, he's definitely like so far spun into his own weeds. Robert Jordan is that he's just like I have so much to say and I just can't mm -hmm. stop saying it. It's like the book is like one big freaking prologue that he cannot stop writing to what he actually wants to write. So. Okay. Right. What's been your favorite one so far? I, I'm on book two. You're on book two. Oh, so mm -hmm. you're on The Great Hunt. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, love the hunt for, for the Horn of Valir. My favorite, though. That's a good question. I'd have to think about that. Well, because, Andrew, you read, him, you read most of these quite some time ago. Long ago. So, yeah. Um, but I did start rereading the series from the beginning as well, just to, like, kind of get back <laughs> into where the show is going. Do so you I'm, read I'm reading it at two points. In oh my itself. god, Andrea. it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with my own brain. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's uh, what I've been up to. Cool. Quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. All kinds of fun stuff. So before we move on, what is in your drink? <laughs> I forgot to oh, ask what it's what is composed of. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um so it is um rum lime juice pineapple juice um a little bit of ginger ale and then a little bit of green food coloring okay oh nice sounds tasty oh no carbonation ginger ale ginger ale there you go okay yeah i wonder if we could use uh what's that green drink uh, uh Mid midori <laughs> Midori, yeah. yeah. I'll say blue curacao, but yeah, Midori, I think. Yeah. Midori, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you could. Yeah. That's awesome. Just not something I had on hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I've had a uh, pretty uh, anime week again. Mm -hmm. A couple things I had mentioned before, but I finished finally The Devil is a Part-Timer. I cannot believe that ending. Uh, it's shocking that now after what, eight, what I say, eight before eight years or something, they're finally going to make a season two, and that's how they left it hanging it's crazy seeing another eight years yeah no it's uh it's coming this year the new season two i guess so but yeah Ooh. um finished miyadoko-chan another kind of comedy slash a little bit of supernatural sort of show and um we just started last night toilet bound hanako-kun which is like i need to know what that means yeah i know the, the, i saw that title it was like so <laughs> yes so this is the reason you know we Fun. started because every time i see it in the store or just it pops up and it's like what is that what the hell could this be someone is stuck on the toilet or i or just like has to go to the bathroom all the time i don't, still don't understand so um it's actually a it's really uniquely drawn it's a pretty beautiful at this point um you know only one episode in but it is a different art style and it's about a it's there's actually a yokai or a ghost tale in Japan um, about this uh, this spirit and it lingers in the bathroom. So mm. this, this ghost is attached to whatever. Restroom so it's like a Japanese moaning myrtle. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And uh, so the if you can summon the ghost, it will grant a wish, but take something serious from you that you don't, you know, you're not going to know what it is kind of thing. Okay. And so this little girl goes in, she has a wish and she has a crush on someone and wants the, the uh, toilet bound uh, Hanukkah Kuhn to. Um, Do they use the Beatles master. as their theme song? No. She came in through the bathroom window. <laughs> they definitely, definitely not. Nope. <laughs> but it, it's so far very, it's, it's interesting. It's cute. It's well done. So um, we'll see, we'll see how that, how that goes. Um, yeah. I'm basically just lots of other anime. I'm like trying to get into uh serial experiments land again, going through that slowly. Mm-hmm. It's just like an appreciate. It's like a late nineties warning of over technologization and mm-hmm. uh, like, <laughs> falling too deeply into the internet and all this kind of thing um that would never happen yeah no it ahead of its time i think <laughs> yeah. but very very weird so i understand if it's uh, not something that people are into it's it's a slow burn mm-hmm. uh kind of thing so and then i finally finished uh akamega kill zero the manga so now i can go and rewatch the regular series if i want um and I'm playing some D and D again, so. That a boy. Yeah, did did a bunch of writing for that today. Yet, um, been fun. Like trying to remember and getting back into it. Um, my group finally had their first combat scenario for the first time in a few weeks, so that was nice. good for him. So yeah, it still is stunning to me the things that I said in there and people just ignore or whatever. The warnings. Yeah. yeah, just checked out whatever you know i just didn't notice it it's fine so. <laughs> it's um fine. And- it's fine. <laughs> you smell dog let's keep going come on <laughs> yeah. i just i mean i spent a lot of time with this one particular shop that i knew one of my players would be interested in it would not only for him in real life but also for his character and he never went in Sorry? the shop even once like, I, I mentioned it every time they pass by. It's like, all right, I told you, whatever, you know, that's fine. He doesn't so. trust it. He don't trust it. No, no. Uh, so yeah, that's been my week. And for mm-hmm. um, drinks, I am celebrating two of the holidays, actually. Ooh, check you um, out. Yeah, I'm not Talk holding this show. upside down. Oh. Yes, you're right. It's a... Uh, <laughs> My camera's been blurry all night, so let's see if it yeah, kind oh, of Oh, there it goes. There. It's weird how it puts it upside down, but oh, it's uh, Stone Brewery, and it's an Imperial Stout inspired by Mexican hot chocolate. So Nice. Boom. Have you guys had Mexican hot chocolate? Nailing it, Oh, yeah, yes. we always keep yeah. it on hand, yep. Which one is it? Abuelita? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. The yellow pack, yeah. Yeah, we got some in our, in our cupboard, too. Good stuff. Johnny, you ever check um, out this show, the the Dota Dragon's Blood? No, I have not. Dota Dragon's Blood. Right there on the old uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Like not the, the show, but Dragon. like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just not. I've I've never these um some of these like super sweaty video games that they're adapting into animation now. I'm just not into those games. So sure. I haven't tried these. Um, Dragon's Dogma here is another one. That's uh, and then obviously, what's the new one? Uh, 
Arcane. So oh, Arcane's a, really good. I, yeah, Arcane is yeah. amazing. So I just I haven't but, tried any of those yet, but you, you like dragons and sword fighting? You you should check out the dragons, bud. Yeah. Hmm. Lots. To I don't watch. believe you. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> John has a hard time with way. anything that's like adapted from its original format. Well, and you know, there's there's also. Oh, this, boy, <laughs> Don't give no, Shane, no, we're going to be here forever. Why did you start? Yes. <laughs> Staying here until midnight. Wait, wait, wait. Pete, you watched the live action Netflix Cowboy Bebop? And you liked it? Much better than the cartoon. Oh, my God. I can't believe this <laughs> oh shit. God. You're the Shane. second person now. Shane, I, can't I blame you for bringing this, this up. <laughs> I, I killed the show. Oh, oh Johnny going. I I went uh I someone told me on camera before when we were before after D D that they watched this, that they liked it, and that they didn't like the cartoon, they turned it off after one ep half an episode or something oh. like that. And I I didn't know what to say and I sat on it for a while and then I ranted at him in our group chat. Um <laughs> just like can't handle it. It's such a, it's so sacrilegious. I just, it's, it's like my favorite or second favorite show, period. Cowboy Bebop, the original. Yeah. So yeah, like I have a personal yeah. attachment to it. And so I take mm -hmm. an affront when, uh, when it's deranged and mangled as, as such. Nigh impossible to meet your, uh, expectation. For yeah, sure. For Got sure. It. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I'm, I'm teasing you. Uh, I thought the live action show was really good. Um, but you know, there's so much that, that they can't do in the live action, you know, to compete with the anime. <clears throat> so, sure. you know, John, I've got a personal attachment to my mother. I don't get mad at other people when they like their mothers better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's assuming then that the person that likes this Kawibia live action one also has a personal attachment to that. Like if you've developed such a bond in this short period of time uh, to this show, I guess, but it's like, my mom came first, bitch. It's like, <laughs> it so. is, uh, yeah. It's unfortunately an imperfect metaphor yeah. in the sense of like, your <laughs> mom isn't sense. trying to do like an adaptation of John's joke. mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a personal mama attachment joke. to your mother. Yet. Yeah, at the end of the day, I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> Definitely. I know. I know. <laughs> Under John. Who doesn't love John? John got, like, John got philosophical with it. He's like, my mom <laughs> came first. It's like the chicken and the egg. <laughs> no, I, Emily I, really liked the live action show. You guys will have to talk about it. No, she's I don't never seen, She's never seen the anime. so I know. Mm. Yeah. And I said before, that's who this is for. This is for people that have not seen the anime. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, I think it's going to be a small minority of people, maybe, Pete's one of them that has seen the anime, appreciates it, and then also likes this show. Mm -hmm. but, you don't um, think it did any service to the uh, original source material? I think it did. I think that there were pieces that worked for me, um, but on the whole, I didn't like it. Hmm. I think that um, I think the I think the casting of John Cho is fine, and they have they did casting. right by having. Uh, the original music 
having Yoko Kano in there. Oh my God. Stuff, mm-hmm. so. Part of what made that show so great was just the opening credits. Like, yeah. Sometimes I would just, you know, that's what I would go to bed to. I just want to watch the opening credits of Cowboy Bebop and then I'm mm-hmm. good. I can, I can finish the rest of it later. I thought the I've visuals watched... were stunning. I mean, truly like just like the way it was shot and like the, the scenes. Um, but yeah, I had, I had a hard time with the stylization in live action. I watched a lot of, um, I've, I've said this before too, like how it's weird that, you know, I don't want to sit and complain about something not being faithful to the source by saying, well, you took it too literal, but yeah, there are situations where when you're, it was kind of the early days of comic book movies. It's like, well, they weren't going to make the X-Men wear yellow spandex because it wouldn't translate very well to screen. So you can be upset that they don't have that costume, but it's like, well, maybe if you did it, mm. it would just look silly. But don't they? So, what's that? Don't they, they look silly? No, I'm I mean, just they have re- they have reference to those costumes, but right, yeah, they, they obviously make fun, because they make yes. fun of the silliness because yes, it is ridiculous to expect somebody to wear like yellow spandex and yep. be like scary. So I think it's part of that. I also think that um, they just whoever made this did not understand the characters. They just didn't. They just don't get it. They they took away mystery from. I don't want to spoiling for people. They took away mystery from, and completely changed. Uh, Spike's love interest from his past. Yep. Um, they may a vicious looks. I don't know what the deal. You can't take him seriously. They really um, degrade that character. Uh, the group gets really buddy uh, way too fast. Whereas kind of in the anime, it's like drawn out for a long time, and you're never really quite sure where they all stand with one another. It's a lot, a lot more complex. Um, okay, Andrea. Okay, Andrea. I see you here. What? Look, yes, it's not a episode. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. Go check out my baby, BRB. I could. I could sit in front of a camera and rant about this thing myself. Yep. For a long time. He could. So, but at the same time, I understand. Again, I. I don't I don't need to watch it. I'm I don't I don't want to see it. I don't you know I don't want anything to do with it. And that's fine. Other people can have have at it. So you you didn't think the change in the love interest was a pleasant surprise? No. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the live action first and then I'll watch the interesting. <laughs> interesting. Talk about how you just couldn't get into the animate the yeah, animated it just series. Wasn't like the, like the uh, it wasn't show. my thing. <laughs> if the uh, the if voice you, acting was terrible. <laughs> the you do that. Terrible. Let me know. Let me know I'll what do, you I'll think. I'll do it. You want me, I'll do it. Fuck. I mean, yeah. I'd be interested right. in what you think. Yeah, I thought we're the gonna, acting in the animated series Bebop was hackneyed. You know. <laughs> I've, I've, I have zero. Um, what's it? What do you say? Um, exposure to, to the well. Uh, well, okay. zero attachment first off, but uh, exposure yeah. to the yeah to the comedy. So you're bl- you're a blank canvas. Yeah. Yeah. Equity, right? No investment. Yeah, you have no stake. There was one scene from the live action where it's uh, um, the 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 black guy talking to the white woman, and people were like, "This back and forth was so cringe." I guess if you want to say the word, right. and mm-hmm. that's the only thing I saw on like hmm. the internet. So yeah, no, it's uh, that's a, it's a common to... theme, and so I'm yeah. always surprised. That, again, that's one of the things. Like, does, even if you have no connection or familiarity with the original, 
I've heard so many times people say, yeah, this was really cringe. This dialogue was really oh, okay. rough. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll check that out and then I'll do the wrong good report back. Yeah. Please do. Yeah, perfect. Um, all right. Moving on. Yeah. Thanks, Shane. Um, <laughs> Light tangent. Thanks, Shane. Yeah. So um, how good is the book of Boba Fett? <laughs> oh god. Yeah, okay. You wanna yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. You guys, you guys, um, Peacemaker. Oh my god. I just so... watched it. <laughs> you see my list of things I've done is all anime. There's a reason for that. Yeah. yeah. I was I was reason. reading that and I'm like the positivity. Three quarters yeah. of the words in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. One and only news story. We're going mm -hmm. into it. Uh, it's um, I wasn't gonna have any news stories potentially because we have enough to talk about with Ridley Scott, but I uh, yeah. we haven't had and I definitely want his uh, opinion on this and some of the other things surrounding it. So right now in the gaming industry, we've been seeing big uh, kind of. Movements of consolidation. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. We've had acquisition galore uh, from the big players from Microsoft in particular, but also Sony and even Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then other players like Tencent and stuff. So the latest news, um, people took it as like a counterpunch to Microsoft's offering, even though this deal had been in the works for a while. Um, Sony bought Bungie for $3.6 billion. So... To my understanding, Renato, you're a PlayStation player. And yeah. uh, I know, Shane, you played some PlayStation as well. So I'll start with you, Renato. What do you feel about the, the acquisition season in general amongst uh, the different companies, what we've seen so far, and then also about the latest with uh, Sony buying Bungie? I mean, I don't know. I, I, my, like, my video gaming has been a little bit lower recently, but even just focusing primarily on like Activision and how Sony just would get, you know, like Pacific or Warzone and stuff like that first, because I guess they were, they had that deal with Activision, you know, because I had the PlayStation, I was like, this is, you know, that's great. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. this, I get to play all this before, you know, people that have Xboxes or whatever. So yeah, of course I'm going to love it. Now that mm -hmm. obviously Microsoft has it. I mean, I, I don't actually care because it wasn't anything substantial. It's like, okay, you played Warzone for a week in advance. Great. You, you know right. the map a little bit better than I would. Um, but, I mean, Activision is pretty big. And, uh, I mean, as far as I, from what I've read, there's Sony still getting everything. You know, like, it's still shared properties or whatever. So, as far as that goes, I mean, it's I guess it's fine. I mean, that kind of stuff happens. The Bungie one was kind of a surprise. I didn't know that that was actually going to happen. So, when I saw that happen, I was like, I mean, I only know Bungie for Halo honestly, because I never really played on sure. Xbox. But I was just like, well, shit, is Sony going to get Halo now? Like, are they going to remake <laughs> all of them and relaunch them on PlayStation? Because no. that'd be insane. <laughs> Microsoft owns the IP, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but honestly, I don't know what else Bungie has. I, I think they have a few other games that were pretty big, and I can't well, remember. It's, so it's interesting. But... Bungie, they started as a Mac game company. Okay. They started mm -hmm. making Apple games, and they made this old shooter I still have. It's called Oni or whatever. And oh, that's kind of okay. how they got their start. And then Microsoft came and swooped in and bought them up. Mm -hmm. So then they were in Microsoft's hands for a while. And that's where they, because Halo was going to be a Mac game. Mm -hmm. And then Microsoft bought wow. them. And like, we like this Halo thing. And yeah. they're launching a new system. We need this. So thanks to Bungie and Halo, uh, the Xbox is exists. Yeah. And so now it's quite ironic that uh, Sony is now 
taken. I know they're taking but over. Sure. For a while, Bungie or was part of um, was it? I think they were part of Activision as well, and then they like bought themselves out. They wanted wanted out of that, mm-hmm. so they were independent. Been looking for a buyer. Sony comes in. Um, the interesting thing with this acquisition over the others is they've been really vocal about saying how they're going to remain quite independent. Uh, the PlayStation blog says they uh, want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. So that's really interesting. Um, it's I'm, I'm yeah. saying that kind of stuff like not really surprising. I mean, I, I, I like I said, I'm not I, I don't touch Xbox that much. So in terms of like their independent games, I'm not well versed. But like PlayStation independent games are honestly like pretty fucking great I'm sorry but they're pretty great like god of war alone you know they have mm. even ratchet and clank um mm-hmm. i really like yeah their first party um, stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah the first party stuff is just like i mean their library is pretty decent you know so like, if, yep. if they give bunchy full charge of make their own games like i could see them doing that yep well it's kind of it's for them they get the, to buy this they get an instant revenue stream because their yep. big game is destiny so mm-hmm. that's what yep. everybody plays now and so they pitched to bungie that they want to make destiny into a multimedia thing so that Mm -hmm. means destiny movies and whatever you know so yeah probably so so bungie's interested in this and sony's interested in the recurring revenue they've Mm -hmm. said within the next few years they want to have like 10 games as service games going because their 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 core thing now obviously is like as you mentioned god of war ratchet and clank ghost of tsushima yeah, Horizon, all the these things, you know, they're all tons of great ones. I mean, they've built a, quite a library, but those aren't don't offer recurring revenue. And so mm-hmm. when their launch is being eaten by uh, a game like Halo or something or Sea of Thieves, even that people keep coming back into, they need to offer something like that. Mm-hmm. But we don't have any issues with the general consolidation or just like it's the name of the game it's gonna things are gonna move around exclusivity is gonna shift hands i mean it's kind of crazy that microsoft now has the rights to spyro and crash bandicoot yeah yeah i mean i guess i I, I, like i personally don't have any issues but it's almost in the same vein as you know like disney becoming this empire right just buying Mm -hmm, everything and you know everything falls under the disney umbrella so i mean I guess I won't have an issue with it until some independent company, I guess, either Sony takes something and mucks it up like Spider-Man or something, you know, like sure. they don't let Sam Raimi finish Spider-Man 3 like how he wants to, because Sony needs to have its hands on it or whatever. Yeah. Um, right. I don't think it'll be an issue until, you know, they do that. So, I mean, as far as monopolizing the gaming industry, I, it's a little above my head. <laughs> they yeah. great and I'm, I'm sure it will feel some repercussions in some way, but. Hopefully, you know, the independent companies keep to get doing keep doing what they get to do and Sony mm-hmm. just gives them the money to do it. Yeah. Uh Shane, I know you're a big Last of Us fan. Uh do you have oh, any yeah. thoughts on uh this kind of thing? Um Oh, I can't say that I honestly really do. <laughs> I, I mean honestly I, I've been more of a PC gamer for the last mm-hmm. I don't know five eight years or something so it really hasn't affect me i guess one way or the other most of the games that i want to play i can just play on my computer sure yeah uh how how about you pete uh i know you're you've recently delved back into the gaming ecosystem uh, here. i left i left a long you time did? ago you gave yeah. it up 
Oh no, no, no now I'm back. Oh. And oh. what what drove I mean, you back in? Kids. Oh you kids. So we we had uh we've been living off of a, a Wii for <laughs> a decade and I'm like I'm just I just don't wanna get another console. And <clears throat> so for them we we finally broke down and got a switch and then oh we can play Skyrim on the Switch. So <laughs> There goes my free time. So. <laughs> Does the new one just come out, or is it coming out? Elder Scrolls or something? It probably, but you know, it's been you know twelve years. I never got into Skyrim, and so yeah. <clears throat> even Skyrim's though on everything. Years, I know it's still. I can play it on my refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that sounds nice. You got a nice refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Orders groceries for me. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And you play Skyrim, sweet. Nope. Well, that's cool. I mean, yeah, it's just like the acquisition stuff does end up having an impact. I think it's interesting because Skyrim now is a Microsoft game. So the next one, unless Nintendo uh, makes some sort of deal by putting Game Pass on Nintendo, they're not going to get Elder Scrolls 6. You know, it will be on places that have Game Pass will get Elder Scrolls 6 next Skyrim. So can so. we read Alan's notes? Because this is hilarious. Yes. Uh, what is it here? How to play Skyrim with Alexa. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quick back to our yes. favorite new. Oh. We tried that once, I think, at uh, Ryan and Melissa's or something like that. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, you know, choose your own adventure thing. It says, it describes to you, like D&D, what's happening. And then okay. you say, go left or go right or do this, awesome. do that. It just gives you <laughs> options audibly. That... So. And a bottle of booze. That's a good. That's a good weekend. That'd be, that'd be all right. For hours. Well, the Amazon Echo would have been cheaper than the Switch, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> a greater invasion of privacy, but you're, uh, you know, all kinds of jokes it could tell you as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I just thought I get some get some thoughts there on the one big story. Andre, do you have any uh, more thoughts? I know we've talked acquisitions a lot and stuff, but. No, I mean, I, you know, I think it's, it's uh, probably, you know, a little bit of a reaction to, you know, the many deals that have been going on the gaming industry lately, the the massive acquisitions that have been happening. You know, I feel like everybody, all the major players feel like they're needing to do something right now to compete with each other. And, and this is a natural next step. You know what I mean? Sure. I I couldn't have told you that that you know who or or how or the deal was going to go down, but I mean, this acquisition after a month of you know how many yep. surprises me not at all. I guess. Yep, it's just interesting how they come out feeling personal. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, yes, you know, they do. Microsoft, they you know, Sony had new xbox dev kits before a lot of people because their own studio had to sit and make the xbox version of mlb the show mm-hmm. for both playstation and then xbox and xbox got it day one on game pass so you could play that thing for a sony game for free on mm-hmm. xbox if you have game pass yep and then uh sony does this now buys the people that made halo which essentially ensured xbox's success and then Microsoft yeah. again now owns Crash and Spyro. Right. Yeah, um, it's been wild. They bought the studio. Trading back and forth. Sony 
had just like signed two exclusive deals with. So yeah. Ghostwire Tokyo, which hasn't come out yet, and Deathloop, both now are Microsoft games that will appear on the PS5 exclusively. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just like, it feels personal. I know it's yes. not, but it just comes off that way. So And then, and then Nintendo blows. by Sony and Microsoft. Yeah. Well, I don't know what kind of loan, what kind of bank they're going to for that, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah. I yep. feel the need to quote the last line of George Orwell's 1984. Two gin scented tears trickled down the sides of his nose, but it was all right. Everything was all right now. The struggle was finished. He had won the victory over himself, and he loved Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, well, on that note, we should talk about Ridley Scott because, uh, someone had mentioned before he did the 1984 Apple commercial. So, um, perfect segue there. Yeah. Um, firstly, news wise, um, we'd mentioned it before briefly. Some of you are watching it already, but raised by wolves season two has premiered and, um, Ridley Scott has his fingers in this. Ridley Scott did also, I just read a recent article, he did also say that uh, he feels this show should be best enjoyed with like three bottles of wine consumed what? and then be... and then go try to understand Blackout. it. Blackout. You gotta be absolutely <laughs> trashed. <to> yep. <laughs> I read it. He gave an so interview like... to the, the Guardian and was no like, yeah, no, it's so much better after like three bottles of wine, <laughs> yeah. you'll like follow the story. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, so it's like um, all my friends who are into Pink Floyd, like you might like Pink yeah. Floyd. <laughs> you don't get Pink Floyd unless you know you're right. You look like you're Pink Floyd. Floyd. You look like you get Pink Floyd right now. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I do. Yeah. It's the mm -hmm. hair. <laughs> so yeah, um, I like your comment here, Andrea, about um, this mm. being um, odd how it's promoted so much as a really Scott thing. Yeah, yeah. Like every every media outlet and every media article I've seen has been like, oh, tune in for season two of Ridley Scott's Raised by Wolves. Like, you guys realize he directed the first two episodes. Didn't even season come one. up with the idea. Like, yeah, season one directed the first few episodes. <laughs> Has nothing to do with season two other than he's an EP. I mean, he didn't come yeah. up with the story idea. But it's somehow Ridley Scott's raised by wolves. Like, well, in, I mean, talk about of, trading on a name here. Yes. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. That's I feel like it that's pushes name around a lot, though. In yeah, like, a lot of yeah. A lot, especially a lot of big movies, like twenty forty, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I feel like his name was. I mean, he was just an executive producer there. Yep. I yep. feel like they still threw his name around, you know? Yeah, that's um, that's definitely one of the things that I've found like super frustrating when I'm like going to look for, you know. Ridley Scott directed or written by or whatever. And I'll find movies and they're like, oh, like Ridley Scott attached to this. And it's like, he's an EP. I'm like, okay, yeah. come on. The worst so. is from the studio that brought you the dark night. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Sweet, man. Yeah. A romantic comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, nothing new. But I, I remember like watching some behind the scenes videos and stuff for season one, and they were talking about how involved he was, and he like he'd be detailing the creatures, and he had all kinds of storyboards and stuff. But like you say, they just that doesn't continue. It's just, yeah. just to begin with, good thing. So, 
He just wanted yeah. to get the. He just needed to get the ball rolling for him. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Which is That's totally all. cool. Like, great. And I and I love that he was like super excited about it and he cared and you know wanted to get in there. But like, let's like maybe chill, throwing his name around and like talk to the to highly... the actual guy who created the story. Like, talk to the yeah. new director. Like, what's going on there? I want, it's I a wonder... highly competitive landscape, though, with all the streaming platforms. You, any edge you can right. take. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it you don't want to you don't want to get too far away from the logo, right? And if Ridley right. Scott's yeah. the logo, we're talking about it because he's involved, right? Yeah, because it's Ridley right. Scott. Episode. And I mean, he was legitimately involved. Like he wasn't just an EP that they were like trading on his name. Like he did get in there and direct some episodes. But yeah, I just find it funny now that we're like so far removed from that, and they're still like Ridley Scott's raised by wolves. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I saw like the first half of the first season, and I didn't know that really Scott was involved, unless I knew it like subliminally, and then I watched right. it. But it, this is the first I'm hearing of it, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, hmm. interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was. I didn't even know he did House of Gucci either. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like what I feel like that was a deliberate career. strategy, though. Yeah, I feel like that yeah, was a deliberate sure. strategy to keep his name out of House of Gucci because that would have been like opposite of like well what's really scott doing directing a movie about like a fashion house yeah even though it really wasn't about that preconceived notions yeah exactly the guy who brought you alien and gladiators like talking about gucci like no (laughs) this one take place on mars too (laughs) does it have matt damon in it yeah all right so we'll kind of go in the opposite direction is how we uh we started here and to see what people's favorite film is so renato like do you have um uh oh, do you have man. an absolute favorite absolute favorite yeah. i think on my list i said gladiator but the more i always think Ooh. about it oh actually i, I sorry i said alien and i'm an absolute sucker for alien but i actually saw aliens first part two the james cameron one i saw that one first oh, and that's okay. what hooked me up hooked me on on the on aliens and i didn't see alien until much like later on because i was like it's a movie made in you know 1979 i mean it can't be that great right it was before i was fully <laughs> to like you know xenomorphs and everything and films and all that but um i saw alien and i was like holy shit it's a completely different movie from part two obviously and it was yes. fantastic it's amazing but you know gladiators goat you know goat status pretty much like russell crowe at his finest and so i i still keep i'll keep alien number one just because of my sci-fi passion i guess um, yeah. I'll keep that one. Uh, yeah. So, and then Bad Years too. And then my third pick, I had a bunch of them. Like I read The Martian and I watched The Martian. It was both really good. Mm-hmm. You know, Black Hawk Down, American Gangster. Um, they're all really well done, and a big fan of them. So I couldn't pick a third one, but yeah. I mean, maybe in my mood, I'm in my top two will flip. Yeah. I, I, I'd have mm-hmm. to lean towards Aliens, or Alien. Sorry, Aliens. Right. <laughs> oh, easy enough. Or, uh, yeah. For, uh, Alien cube, whatever. Yeah. Hey, resurrection. <laughs> so okay, when we were when we were doing uh when we were uh doing our Suicide Squad episode, it was very like difficult to be like Suicide Squad, the Suicide the su- Squad, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. <"Ugh." laughs> so yeah, I, I'll, I'll give it to Alien. Just I mean, also I'm a sucker for Sigourney Weaver and uh, so, so yeah. Is anyone else share that as their favorite Alien? You okay? Same Absolutely. here. Okay. So that's yeah. the majority of the time. Okay. 
best. It, yeah, it was also the uh, the first. If I had to watch I a Ridley Scott movie now, it would be Alien. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'd be first choice. See, I'd, I'd say I'd, if I had to watch one, I'd probably be Gladiator. <laughs> Leave the but, show. But, 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 I, but I love Alien, you know? But I, like, if I had to just sit down and watch one, I guess entertainment factor maybe would be Gladiator, but Alien is just so such a well-done movie in terms of, like, horror, suspense, thriller, and, like, setting the mood and everything together. Like, it's a great movie to sit down and enjoy and watch, but, like, casually put on something right now, I'd probably put on Gladiator. I, okay. I don't think we're going to, like come to blows over this if we were like no, hanging want- out and you're like hey man you want to watch gladiator or alien i'm like alien you're like well i'm gonna watch well, gladiator i'm like well i'll stick around for that that's cool yeah, <laughs> yeah true. i mean if you said another way around i'd be like yeah that's cool let's do that yeah. no. so okay so yeah Looks alien good. i mean most of us uh kind of agree on that one i think that's interesting um i i think that alien is um well for the other two Pete, the, your favorite being Alien. Why? Why that? Why uh, I also have a penchant for horror movies, and I thought it was <clears throat> revolutionary in a couple of its ideas. Um, just a fertile ground where other uh, writers have created this whole mythos now of the xenomorphs and uh <clears throat> some did you know better than others but you know just like the little detail um that was the movie that came up with the motion detector mm. and that was so revolutionary at its time and i also saw aliens first so in the second movie it was like standard piece of equipment that you would have this uh, motion detector and in alien like they had to jerry it together and uh, i thought that was that was excellent it brings me back to uh creature from the black lagoon <clears throat> which is an mm-hmm. excellent movie mm-hmm. because you have a group of scientists being outwitted by uh, a prime evil creature so they're like Here's what we're going to do. We're going to kill the creature of the Black Lagoon this way. And then the creature of Black Lagoon says, I see what you're trying to do, and then counters it. It's That's really good storytelling to me. Um, when you have, instead of having a bunch of people say, hey, I sense danger. Let's split up and make stupid decisions. You have them apparently make all of the right decisions and still fail. And that's mm-hmm. what appeals to me uh, in Alien. Except for the part where he says, I got to go rescue my cat. I was about I'm to like, say that. No, I was like, except for the one girl. guy for his cat, right? Yeah. No, there, there, were some, there were some parts where you're like, no, you, you, you split up and you shouldn't have split up. And, yeah, sure. and you're like, I'm free. No, I got to save my cat. I'll get you another cat. It's an orange yeah. tabby. <laughs> which which i feel like james cameron said in aliens she goes back for newt like now i have that emotional investment and i can see why you're like i can't leave the kid behind whereas yeah. it's a cat and not being a cat person i'm like you're <laughs> dumb you are dumb this i'd go back for a dog though and and uh, I know I know I'm too. like yeah. there's a sharp divide in the listening audience. You're like, 
that son of a bitch wouldn't go for a cat, I wouldn't go back for him. Like, I get it. Like, if you're a cat lover, Half our audience right? just dropped off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they just canceled their We're Amazon order for my book. Damn it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just for me as, as uh, a teenager watching Alien and she ran back for the cat, I'm like, no, come on. But other than that, um, I mean, there was pets are pretty great. I yeah. can't believe I'm focusing on like the one like minutia detail that I didn't like. Um, but the Out of rest, all like, the many like, things you could talk about, you're like this cat man. The 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 cinematography it's of orange Alien, tabby. This, like, the whole. He did a really good job for it being in such a small, or not small because it's a huge shit, but like it's literally like like a factory, I guess if you want to call it that, or or you know tunnels, corridors, events. You know, mm. he did really good framing all that as. Yep. You know, you just look what like just a scene where he's crawling through the vents. Obviously, that's probably and there, you know, one there of was the so much shown but not told. Like yeah. you see the um, the pilot in the chair, but they're like, "What's that?" And like, I don't know. But we see it. Like, yeah. what the hell is that? You're Why not gonna talk like, about this, <laughs> right? This giant and then there's like, yeah, like a whole you know landscape of eggs you're like what is this and like we don't know like so there's yeah the, the storytelling in alien like still uh impresses me overall yep mm-hmm. yep so shane we'll get to you your favorite pick in a second but andrea what why is it your favorite you have a lot to you echo a lot of the same sentiments or uh i do um so i i came to alien first it was my first uh ridley scott movie um, it, one of my very early, like adult movies, um, I watched alien when I was 10 years old. Um, my dad and I had like father daughter movie nights. And when my mom was like out with friends and he showed me all kinds of things that I definitely probably shouldn't have been watching at the age of 10, like alien and predator, uh, et cetera. Um, some of his favorite movies. Um, and I remember just being so enthralled by the story, just like the suspense, the surprises. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to get a little spoilery. The bursting out of the chest, like still just one of like the greatest, like Jesus, I didn't see that coming moments I've ever had from a movie. I knew it was coming when I watched it and I was just like, you're still still just like, it's so iconic. People who well, seen the movie still know like about that, right? Too, and it's just yeah. Like, like didn't well, know, and dudes it's, were just eaten, you know? It's just such a great setup of we've already we already feel like the danger is past. Like he's already had the thing wrapped around his face, like, right. you know. Right. But we're right. okay now. And it's just such a good normal setup of like everything is fine. We are eating this like adorable, you know, family meal together now that we're reunited and suddenly something is very not fine. Yeah. Um so yeah, just like the great setup of those moments, um, like the the way I mean, like you know, guys talked about like the way things have been shot, the the sound, like you know, like the the heartbeat as we go along, and we that's how we kind of get clued in that something's coming. Just yeah, the like sound the is huge for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so the storytelling, absolutely. Um, as an adult, like coming back to it and, and catching a lot of things, you know, that obviously 10 year old me wasn't quite getting thematically. Um, I think it has a lot of the hallmarks of classic Ridley Scott storytelling in the sense of 
humans versus other. You know, we talk a lot about xenomorphs, but also like obviously Ash, the uh, the android, um, is a big big character in that, and and human like characters who are mechanized is a big you know fertile territory for Ridley Scott. Like he loves to explore like the almost human, like where do you draw the line between human and not human? You know, what differences are there when you're seemingly human, but you're actually like a mechanized being? Like, do you have a sense of humanity still? And Um, what's the name of the computer? What's the, uh, yeah. um, Mother. Mother. Yeah. 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 Damn you, mother. So yeah, so it's it's just like a, you know, I mean, not only humanity against, like, xenomorphs, this other humans against, you know, near humans, and then also, like, this group of humans we have against this, like, larger corporation that's just sending them in, you know, to try and harvest the xenomorph to, you know, for profit and, like, doesn't care if their lives are wasted. Those are all things that really Scott, like, loves to talk about and, like, loves to explore, like these relationships, these kind of like power struggles, emotional struggles, you know, between different classes of being. So yeah, I just, I think at kind of like a lot of different levels, alien really works for me. Yeah. I think man versus nature is one of my favorite, uh, lines for storytelling. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think alien does that very well. Like growing up is definitely Jurassic park and those kinds of things that are always really drew me in so here with the xenomorph um i love that i love the portrayal as well of um very like non-star trek kind of space exploration mm-hmm. very dark gritty kind of thing um Mine, really company. <laughs> yeah, yeah what, and it's like the well, it's very normalized yeah which is fun it's not like ooh, like space travel is the thing like you know what i mean yeah. it's not like flashy like oh my gosh we're space traveling it's like just blue collar people working in space. Yep. This is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a sucker now for the retro tech. You know the yeah. What's what's advanced, but clearly it's an old little screen. That's you know I, <laughs> I I love that kind of thing. It's along with the cowboy bebop lines again. That sort of like mixture of you know like nostalgia, future, like future yeah. nostalgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I just expressing the danger of going to a new planet so well they do this in a later alien one as well i think alien um covenant i mm-hmm. think is maybe one of the best examples but just that you know i think of like the trailblazers in america or whatever going across like you're just going into the complete unknown you have nothing to, you have no call for help you have no idea where you're going you don't know what you're going to get into you're probably going to die all this stuff I, I just i love that kind of story because uh, the odds are so stacked against, mm-hmm. against your protagonist. So, um, Shane, have you seen Alien? You like Alien? Franchise? Yeah, I've seen Alien. It's I. <laughs> oh, it was the it was the first. So I've got a whole list of uh, notes here. Alien was probably the first uh, movie by Ridley Scott that I that I saw. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much everybody else. Like, I don't know. I think when I think about movies he's done, that probably is the first that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's so classically connected to him. And then the one that I, the movie of his, that, though, that I've seen the most 
is G.I. Jane. I realized that after mm. I saw his list of movies. The only reason, and it's it's a good movie. Yes. The only reason that I've seen that more than any of his other movies, like I could probably, I don't know if I could tell you scene by scene the whole movie now, but I've probably seen it at least like 15 or 20 times. The reason I've seen it so many times is because when I was like, whenever that movie came out, maybe like 1997 or something. I don't know. I yeah, 97. Um, at that time, my family had HBO and I, or like around that time. So like that was one of the movies that they were showcasing at the time when we had like a premium cable channel. <laughs> and so that movie was like always yeah. on. So we just always, yeah. I always watched it. It was always on. Yep. So anyways, I've seen it a ton of times. Um, well, as an aside, we were already talking about G.I. Jane then. Yeah. Ashley, the other day, I don't know where she saw it. Someone asked, posed the question, who's the hottest bald person you know? Or you're familiar with? And I, I, I immediately said Shane. I did. I, you yeah. asked her, I did. <laughs> Which is like, okay, well, like that's, you know, but, you know, we're talking like Hollywood celebrities and anyone. So blame Ashley. I said you, whatever. Uh, I thought you were going to say Demi Moore from G.I. Jane. I was like, oh. well, then when I said and thought about it, I was like, okay, <laughs> Demi Moore. Yeah. So that's what that was. So but he's like, well, does that count? He's not, I mean, I, I don't know. She shaved her head. So yeah. by extension, then does Natalie Portman count from V for Vendetta? V for Vendetta. Oh, didn't think of that one, but I got to give it to 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 Jane. Britney Spears. I mean, oh. she's got. She's... <laughs> nice. I was about to say Nebula, but yeah. Oh, okay. Nice, Karen Gillan. Okay, yeah. you, you get, okay, we <laughs> we got a, we got a whole side show. show about this. Yeah. <laughs> Next episode. Right. Yeah, sorry Hot to all okay. chicks. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, so that's the one I've seen the most. Okay. And then it's like a three-way tie of which one's my favorite. Aliens up there. I really do like Alien, but Blade Runner is definitely one of those three. Uh, Prometheus is another one. I actually like Prometheus better than the original Alien. I love Alien, but I I like Prometheus better. I came away. I came away. That was like the only. Well, I shouldn't say the only movie. I came away from the theater seeing that. Like, I couldn't stop thinking about that movie. I that movie sat with me for so long. In I didn't know. If I liked, well, I didn't know if I liked it or didn't like it, but mm. it made me think about it. I felt the same way just because I was like, okay, he's, he's building a like a big world, so mm. I was kind of watching it, anticipating more, having, you know, even before the movie was released or maybe during, but they had already said like this is gonna be one of three. Technically, it was supposed to be one of three. Mm-hmm. Prometheus was, and then I was just like, okay, so I went in kind of expecting more, so I was fine the way it ended, and like. I was like, okay, I mean, it's it built on, you know, or it's set up a bigger world. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm excited. It's for got that. time. I'm excited yeah. to see more. Yeah. So that's kind of how I felt. But I was like, the movie itself was kind of just like, well. It made me want to, <laughs> it, it induced rage in me. Oh, I wanted <laughs> to whip MPZ at a brick wall. That, that's the effect that Prometheus had. I, I, you know, I'm with you, Shane. I, to me, I think the reason for the, for the attachment or the weird, like, lingering effect to me is that it was of all the alien movies with Prometheus and alien covenant it embraced more the HR Geiger aesthetic. Like I really thought it went more down that line. Um, It got a little weirder. Um, They managed to, in both those films, they managed to, I think, recreate a shocking moment. Like when you first have alien bursting from the chest, Mm -hmm. when, um, we see um, 
forgetting her name right now, the French actress. Um, Let me repudge you. Yeah, yeah. She's um, she's gonna go through the operation, you know, herself. Oh, and yeah. we're, we're gonna see it. <laughs> you know, yeah. these tense. Those like to me, that's some of the most tense moments in cinema. Is is and they do it again in Alien Covenant. And I just think that they they nail those things. There's an ear, just an eeriness to the whole. It's just a vibe that I am a fan of. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. despite it's some issues, um, like and I got uh, and, and I I think that's why I like Raised by Wolves too because I get the same kind yes. of feeling exactly that, mm-hmm. show that I do with mm-hmm. these those two movies. Sure. And and so he set that tone. And so like if really if really Scott contributed that to Raised by Wolves, setting that tone and that look mm-hmm. and the whole uh, then that's yeah worth it for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the third one is uh, Kingdom of Heaven. It's one of my all-time favorites. But nice. The, nice. The director's cut. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I was going to list that as like the most underrated. That's, Ooh, I'll, I'll that's definitely. I'll down. That's, <laughs> oh, you think so? But, okay. I think Kingdom of Heaven underperformed more. Yeah. Not not in the sense of the movie itself, just in like people's expectations, like estimations of how it was going to do and like financially. I think box it just office. like sure. Yeah. 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 Box like, office oh, wise, it just didn't did gladiator. Now that he's doing yeah. this, that's kind of right. like that again. And right. And then, you know. and then it was a good movie, but people just sort of like set the bar so far out of reach for it that it never could get to live up to people's expectations that way. That was the one they like a big gripe, I guess, was that it was too long. Right. Is that that one? Yes. That's, I mean, that's part of people's gripes for sure. The theatrical <laughs> release was shorter, and that's mm-hmm. the one that's really not very good, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, the sense. director's cut is really good. Yep. And that's like, yeah, forever it's like perfect long. Perfect Snyder's cut, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no? No, I. We're all, all going to sit here for I another mean, half hour while John, <laughs> John talks about the Snyder cut. Snyder cut? <laughs> Oh, did do you I actually watch story? that one, or did Johnny. you just hate it without seeing it? No, I I like Snyder Cut. I was okay. I was I was. This is, this is the opposite John rant. This is oh, I yeah, love was... I love the Snyder Cut. It, Let me tell you about it. Just, uh, Thirty minutes. <laughs> it's an example of how um, how what an incredible difference editing makes, mm-hmm. and how you start with a vision, and if you have someone else change it in the middle and do their own thing, you know why things felt so odd you know um so it yeah no it it went from a what is this movie to a wow i like this movie (laughs) movie. (laughs) yeah i'm like i don't believe it because i didn't believe it was going to be a thing because they didn't sit and refilm a bunch of stuff yeah how how can it change that much essentially sitting dramatic (laughs) yeah drastic change Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i i love kingdom of heaven uh i think and I think it's uh, I, I do think it's underrated. I think mm-hmm. that uh, it's gorgeous. I love the music. I used to listen to the score a lot. Um, it came out just... in 2005. So I think it was mm-hmm. like right on the coattails of the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, think, right. Mm-hmm. The Orlando I, Bloom factor. I think that yep. was like during that time when every studio wanted to release a big, you know, period, epic, 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 epic yeah battle movie and like yep. this was one of them but like it wasn't going to ever be a fantasy type thing it was historically no. based right. true events and 
Well, and Ridley Scott's not like a, a fantasy director. Do you know what I mean? He's so into like the gritty well, and the violent. Like when he does, histori- when he does historical <laughs> pieces. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm, I'm like thinking specifically of like historical pieces like oh, sure. Gladiator, like Kingdom of Heaven, like The Last Duel. When he's into like his historical period, he's very like like raw and gritty and not like, let me tell you like just a very pretty story that's going to be palatable for everybody. He's not mm-hmm. concerned about that. I think Gladiator um, is more palatable, but it's still like at its core, very violent. You know what I mean? Like it's probably the most cinematic of his historical films, but it's still not like this is fine family fair. Like there's, heads being smashed in like limbs ripped off like he's talking about incest on one hand and then like the next hand you know somebody gets like eviscerated like he's he's not i don't know ran over, ran over by a carriage right like he's just chariot, he's not sorry, he's not consi- like lord of the rings is you know something that like the whole family can watch and it's amazing and wonderful but like it wasn't it's just not like the same commercially that you can do when Ridley Scott's like behind the behind the lens when he's got a historical drama to film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I think he's gonna do what he's gonna do and and then make fun of anyone that doesn't like it, you know, because um, it's. But he, he does have that mix of you know like The Martian that was very commercial, very successful. That the Martian that like, was that was an historical really drama though. Like right. excellent. The you know Martian's what I mean? Fantastic. Uh, no, the Martian is so example. good. It's my, it's my third favorite. I'm just saying, like, it's not a historical period piece where, like, that's where I think, like, like Kingdom of Heaven went sideways for audiences, not because of the movie. It was because people's expectations were wildly different going in to see it. Sure. If you think yeah. about the Martian and and the Alien movie like overall arch and the similarity of you're put in a difficult situation you come up with uh a way to outthink the situation and then the circumstances change and you just have to keep outthinking situation uh going back to my uh example with a uh, creature from the black lagoon mm-hmm. you have that <clears throat> you have that dynamic where it's it's not just cut and dry like okay we figured our way out oh no right then we're outsmarted and then we have to get smarter right and i i I like that storytelling and it's it's consistent throughout ridley scott's career Mm -hmm. um anything else in your big list there shane uh i mean i was just you know when when you offered to have me join i i looked at his you know filmography or whatever and i was like i could honestly probably every day or every other day or something watch just start from the beginning and go through all his movies there's not really a, like a dud amongst his list of movies if there sure. was which one would you pick being a dud <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know i i read the, i haven't seen it i read the plot synopsis of 1985's legend starring tom cruise it oh my seems God. like that I could maybe it. be a dud. Is it good? I don't know. When I was a kid, I, I liked it. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 I, I haven't gone back. Like the, I don't think it holds up very well. Yeah. I would imagine it probably, it sounded like yeah. it might not, but 
But the special I, effects of what was the what's the the devil's name? Is he the darkness? The dark, like, not, the, yeah. the dark lord or something. Dark lord, I think it That's, is the dark lord. Yeah. So iconic. Like it might be worth it to just check out Tim Curry as Satan incarnate. Jeez. Yeah. Right. Lord, lord of darkness. darkness. Says, yeah. <laughs> lord of darkness. Okay. It sounds interesting. I will say that, but it yeah. seems like it seems a de- like a departure. I was surprised to find that it starred Tom Cruise. I yeah, probably the first and last fantasy movie he's been in, unless anyone can think of another one. Mission Top Impossible. Gun, Maverick. <laughs> Not really fantasy movies, though. Yeah, when it's you think picture. of anything of high fantasy, the mummy. Yeah. The mummy. Oh man! Ooh, go on. Oh, Ooh. Man. Don't get well, John started. I was, like trying to... To, I was like trying to bring an interview with a vampire like sort of in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, a little bit. A little edging in there. Yeah, We're going to have to all watch this one and uh, come back and see how it holds up. Yeah. Legends, or... mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, I have to bring up um, Blade Runner. Someone had mentioned before, but it's we me. Need to. That's yeah. my... like. I want to have Blade Runner as my number one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it has to be my second favorite. I think that um, it's so for defining, it, it, so responsible for defining what Western Western audiences' idea of cyberpunk is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it has just it nails what Alien does in the look and creating yeah. this world so clearly and effectively. It's a stuff that like other people just can't manage. It's like when I talk about or complain about uh, altered carbon or something that maybe mm-hmm. I have a high hopes for in the future cityscape and all the new advancements in technology we have now, it doesn't matter, you know, because with practical sets and practical effects, it just, I don't know. It was a little too weird for me when I first saw it. Like I didn't understand it a lot, but it's kind of one of those things like a, Japanese cyberpunk story, Akira, where every time I see it, I just love it more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw Blade Runner today, actually. This this oh, afternoon. Wow. Adam, yeah, boy. yeah. Yeah, I see. I was just like We craving noodles and rain. I you get a lot of alien vibes and it it definitely like reinforced the idea that really Scott just creates a mood and kind of keeps it and holds it and it puts you in that mood because I was I was just like, damn, this shit's dark and gloomy. I was like, okay, it's gonna be like that for a while. But yeah, uh, yeah, everything was good. It was. Um, I hadn't seen it in a while, and I had just started watching it a few weeks ago, um, and didn't like. I got like ten minutes in and turned it off. But I was just like, eh, I'm not feeling the mood for this right now. But yeah, it, it was really good. You know, considering I'm going like, to Renato's house. We're gonna there's... we're gonna watch Alien, <laughs> we're gonna Gladiator. Oh, we're yeah. gonna watch Blade Runner. We're Predator, gonna we're watch some... Lumal Nadis. <laughs> Lumal we're gonna get yeah. some Chicago barbecue. Hey, Man, it's Friday. I could be yeah, there. Absolutely. I could be there by six a.m. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. But it was, yeah, I, it was. I was impressed with honestly everything. Like I, I don't remember being that impressed with it the first time I watched it. Maybe mm. it just went over my head. But but I it had it again. solo in it, so it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, like, oh, it's, it's definitely it's not some casual viewing unless you've seen no, it no, before. You know what I mean? Like you cannot it's watch this movie casually for the first time, at least maybe even as the a, second. As a Star Wars fan, Han Solo was in the movie. I'm like, I'm checking this out. And there's robots and there's laser beams. Not quite, Eric. 
but I, I was, really I was into, it was all over my head, right? <clears throat> but I remember thinking like, oh, that was cool. But and it's then, not like casual know, viewing. You can't like put it now, on and just, you know what I mean? Well, I, like I, now, I, now it is an, for sure. As an adult, as an yeah. adult. But like now the first time you do it, you cannot just like, I'm just going to like have this movie on and like check in and out. Like you'll no, never I mean, get anything. Even today I'd, I'd look at my phone for like three or four minutes and I'd be like, what the f- Right, like what happened? It's been three or four minutes, but I just missed. Like, yep. Now I'm lost, you know. Just... The modern struggle is real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, that, but I, I did, it was hard for me not to put that because I saw it like in the top three because I saw it so recently, mm-hmm. but. But it yeah. was really impressive, and it de- I can see why, like, the influence that that movie definitely had. You and know? it's or, still well, I guess Alien up. did, but and, yeah, Blade Runner still holds up. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm not definitely not surprised if someone did pick that as their like number one or whatever. But that's, again, I wouldn't argue. I would, that's yeah. the best okay. of yeah. uh, using the yeah, practical I want to watch effects. Blade Runner. You know, yep. the practical effects hold up, and I just think some of those scenes are they're just so gorgeous they're just it's just art yeah. and when he he is interrogating our um uh i don't remember her name right now um but the daryl daryl hannah. yeah um no 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 not daryl hannah um yeah the brunette uh, the, the replicant brunette yeah, I forgot yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, in the room and just like the smoke and the way the light filters through everything the way they make the the John eye Young? reflect and i don't know I just think it's uh it's mm-hmm. kind of a masterpiece. So I got really like that that scene reminded me of the uh that first interrogation scene from Inglorious Bastards with uh Christoph Waltz and oh, uh, interesting. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It just, that's, it was just that, like a really iconic. a really tense vibe. Like you, you didn't even know that she was a replicant at the moment. You know, he kinda just casually says it like, Oh, she doesn't know and then she's just like, No, she doesn't. Like what wait what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. this chick was a robot. Sean Young. Yeah. 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 Alan put it in the chat. Rachel. Yeah, that was her name. Oh, I'm gonna say Rebecca. <laughs> yep. Rachel. Yeah. So yeah, I can't express how much I like that one. Yeah, blame enough. Runner. Now I gotta go back and rewatch the 2049. So. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also underrated. Really good opening uh, scene with yeah. uh, with Drax, Batista. Oh yeah, yeah, Batista. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Right. Yeah. Um, Shane, you're a big fan of 2049, right? Do, do which do you like more, the original or 2049? Uh, well, I don't know. It's I comparing apples to oranges for me. Like they okay. they really are different movies, and I think they both do what they set out to do very very well. And I would watch either happily. Um, and I think they're both. I don't know masterpieces in a way like i, mm-hmm. I like both real like i was just in I, like you john the first or, or, or most of you are I, the first time i saw blade runner i think i was too young i think it went over my head a little bit mm-hmm. um but as an adult watching it yeah, it was like i don't know it, it it's just something you can't I, I i can't if it's on i can't stop watching it mm-hmm. the same is true for 2049 like i don't know like seeing that in the theater i i, I wish i could have seen the original in the theater to get mm-hmm. that experience. Um, 2049. I remember going to see that in the theater and just being like in it the entire way, like never once not yeah. being a part of that experience. And uh, um, anytime I have that sort of feeling, when I go into a, a theater and see a movie, I, I come away thinking like, 
I could call this a masterpiece of a movie, like, because mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's engaged me, it's brought me into its world, it's, you know, the sound, the visuals, everything just comes together so well, mm -hmm. creates a world. And uh, mm -hmm. it's definitely both of them do that, do that very well. And uh, yeah, they're different. It, I mean, even though it's the same universe, they're two different directors that are um, going at, you know, this, this world, and each of them tells their own story, and they do it really well. Yeah, honestly, I, I couldn't pick between the two. Um, like I said, I think they each do their own thing really, really well. So, yeah, I think that it um, sometimes the I don't know, people like Scorsese and stuff, they come off as pretentious and a little like into themselves or whatever when they're, you know, we understand the art of film and all this other garbage is just that. Yeah. But at the same time, when I watch a Ridley Scott film or a Denny Villabu, or I'm not sure how to say his last name, that did 2049, um, I do kind of feel like the, I don't know, there's a laziness or like maybe it's a, if it's a democratization of filmmaking or something where the, we're, we're losing people that really know what they're doing. And I think watching a Ridley Scott film or a more, uh, a younger director like Denny reminds me that no, there's these people that really do get it. Mm -hmm. And there is something different mm -hmm. about a film when someone really gets it. They understand the language of film and they're not just putting things on screen. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's, it is a, is a dying art in a way. Um, just like my dad is a sign painter and he saw the major degradation in the quality of signs once everybody got a computer that would they could just design their own thing and print it out they do uh, you know so anyone would open up a shop start making logos and signs for people and print it out and none of them knew what they were really doing they didn't study the like spacing or when you sans format or you know non they didn't uh, you know changing the having the highlighting color on the wrong place, shadow versus foreground, like all this stuff that people are just, ah, eh, looks good, you know? And I think we're getting some of that in the filmmaking industry where you just got people, they know the For right sure. person, they get in there, they don't really get it. And so it doesn't mean that every movie made by Scorsese or Ridley Scott you're going to like, but you're going to appreciate the knowledge of the craft. And I think that, yeah, every time I see a Ridley Scott film, I'm reminded of that. Mm. He's a craftsman. Yeah. Dying breed. Yeah, it's just, it is an art form. You know, it took, and it yeah, took absolutely. a long time for, for Hollywood, anyone to understand what that language was. You know, it started developing, I think, in France, and they figure out, you know, like, yeah, you can't jump off a 180 degree line and switch your camera. People don't know where your characters are looking, you know, that kind of thing. You don't realize until you, or whatever, you know. And, well, um, the other the other component of that, John, is that not everybody speaks that language. Mm -hmm. But you don't so, have to speak it to appreciate it. I think it's kind of like seeing a photograph that your friend took versus a professional photograph. You know, you don't know why you like the professional one better necessarily, but you do. There I may be argue, some. I I'd argue it's more like uh, wine, where you have some people who are real connoisseurs of wine. And then you have me, you're like, I, I couldn't tell you the difference between a uh, $100 bottle of wine and two buck chuck. And 
Oh, I one of my. Um. Yeah, it's this one. Um. So there's a reason why you get a lot of popular opinions for certain movies that are poo-pooed by some of the the critics, and it just a head scratcher. Like, why didn't you appreciate this Adam Sandler movie? Loves, right? <laughs> so I, I would argue that not everybody speaks that language. Um, some people do, and some people can tell the difference between a professional sign painter, someone that's just churned, churned out by someone who's a, a hobbyist or a mm. novice, not a master craft, like your dad. I think that's the difference. I think that's the difference of content, though. Like if someone made, um, it's like someone prefers Mountain Dew to, you know, whatever other beverages, maybe were more expensive and has a lot more flavors going on in it. It's because of what it is. So you prefer a superhero thing because you like superheroes. It, but if you had that superhero movie side by side with someone that knew what they're doing versus someone that just put it together, I would like to see what that looks like. You know, we're What's, talking what, Iron Man three. Maybe Everybody, right? Yeah. Like the masses loved Iron Man three, and I'm going to tell you that that is that is Satan's spit is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so really good. No. <laughs> no. Satan's pain no. is really good. Oh, Satan. gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I can barely remember Fireman 3. I think you need to have some... I, I think I kind of agree with both of you in a way. I, I think that to kind of really appreciate it, you need to have some base knowledge as to what you're looking for or what you're watching for or like in, how to identify the intent of a director or, you know, a writer or whatever, or a, or a, a vintner or whatever, like, you know, to appreciate it, you sort of need to know the work that went into it and what they were aiming for. Not that you need to have gone to school for it or have a master's degree or something like that to, to really truly appreciate good film or quality filmmaking. But like, if you don't know, I mean, to be able to tell the difference between uh, a well-written, well-shot, well well-acted film, you know, and like the latest Marvel movie, which are great, right? Like they're entertaining. They, you know, keep you focused for however long their runtime is, you know, for the most part anyway. But, you know, in terms of like masterful filmmaking, I, you're just not really there. You know, not that they couldn't be, but right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you where I'm coming from. So in, in college, we made student and we took some of the footage and I worked for a TV station. And so we had our head editor um, take a look at the footage and he cut together um, a clip for it that you can find on YouTube. And I thought I'd, I'd test it out and I'd also cut the trailer together. And the majority of people enjoyed both trailers equally. They're my friends. They're gonna say that it's really. But there was one person uh, who was, in my opinion, snobbish. She was really good, and she said, "Well, I like the other one better, not mine." And I'm like, "Well, yeah. Well, why?" She's like, "Well, it was really cut well to the beat of the music." 
And I'm like, not everybody can pick up on that, but you're exactly like the guy who was the head editor has been a musician for years and he just combined it to the beat of the music and just tell a story that a certain demographic appreciated and it was lost on other people, myself being one of the ignorant ones. Pete, do you have your other earbud yet? No. You sound I'm all kinds of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Am no, I. I French? Almost. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I uh, certainly under, understand what you're saying there. Um, I don't know. Uh, when I get disheartened by uh, by a cinema these days, uh, just something that, um, like, for me, for me, it was Dune. You know, again, Denny, Dune uh, just refreshed my, just like woke up my palate. You know, it was gorgeous. So, it was a gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I think we're just all getting used to this little, a little bit of a formulaic kind of process for movies, like you know, with the superhero movies and Fast and Furious and all the big blockbusters. They kind of have a pretty standard, like I said, formula. I guess that they're gonna follow. You know, you have your good guys, you have your bad guys, and they, they, we know who's gonna win. Mm-hmm. I still yeah, watch sports I think, movies. I think... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. don't get me wrong. I love some Marvel. I love there's some. No, uh... There's no, there's no like suspense. Like, hey, the underdog's gonna win, but I still yeah. go. Well, yeah, I think yeah. I think Shane really hit something about Ridley Scott. Is like he he. It feels like he makes films, or you know, in the case of Raised by Wolves, some TV that is designed to sit with you. There's not. There's a lot of you know. I want to think about it afterward and I want my audience to be thinking about it afterward. There's lots of ambiguity. There's lots of like boundary pushing, like, you know, like I was talking about earlier, he loves to explore like questions of humanity. Who has it? Who doesn't? How do we express it? Can it be artificialized? If so, like, what does that mean? If not, why not? He does a lot of cliffhanger endings. Like, There's a lot to be said about like Ridley Scott's brand of storytelling that is designed, I, in my opinion, to stay with you. A Marvel movie is not exactly designed to stay with you afterwards. It's very, it's a very satisfying thing. It's, but it's very like cathartic. Like once, once you're done, like you feel like you've expelled your emotions. Like there's been some resolution. We don't need to walk away, you know, wondering about like the state of Iron Man's soul for, you know, two hours or whatever. That's probably like, why they were so successful, right? Because you get that completion feeling, but then you they do. give you that. You get the satisfaction. Give you, that, give you that scene at the end of the, after the credits where it's a It's like a teaser. It's great. Yeah, yeah like, but it's not, but it's not like. And you still have that anticipation of the next thing too. Right. It does. It's not, it's like, it's teasing you because it's like, ooh, look forward to this. Not, yeah. ooh, like sit and ponder this about, you know, in the next two, three hours of your life. It's just like, yeah. ooh, get excited. Not like, you know. How do we define humanity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> but like, clearly yeah. Ridley Scott's interested in how do we, you know, how do we answer that question? Because it's yeah. so, I think it's so much of his big films. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's probably why he, made, I was saying, not why, but I mean, I guess the focus on androids was already kind of big in terms mm-hmm. of like how they felt like the. Yeah. I guess it started maybe with Winona Ryder because oh no, Bishop was in, in two, so he already had kind of like an uh, emotional 
impact. He didn't have emotions, but they cared for him and mm-hmm. played a more important role that wasn't as aggressive, I guess. So, but he obviously pursued that with uh, in Covenant and Prometheus with mm-hmm. what's his, mm-hmm. was it da- uh, David, right? Yeah, David. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then carried on and raised by wolves as well. Yeah. Well, and um, obviously Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's just he's super interested in that question, and yeah, yeah. That's maybe what, I'm that's, biased because I love that question, you know. But yeah, mm-hmm. but that's but that's I think you know if we're gonna talk like what are what are you know the aims of Ridley Scott's movies like that's definitely one of them, and that's like the top- that's the way he puts together a story is like I want you to be thinking about this hours after you leave the theater or. Yeah you know, shut off your television or whatever. His top one is definitely White Horses, though. He just has White <laughs> Horses sun in beams. all the movies. Yeah, sun, sun beams, beams and White Horses. Unicorns. Sand. He loves sand. Like, doesn't matter if it's an alien world or if it's Gladiator yeah. or if it's The Last Duel. He's He's got to have some sand in there. You know who doesn't like sand? Uh, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> right. It's so rough and coarse. Oh god! <laughs> they kiss <It's> everywhere. Not <laughs> like here. Everything's yeah. smooth. Sucks. He's such yeah. a smooth yeah. duck. Yeah, I know. Oh, I god. fell for him right then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um is anyone seen Robin Hood? Yes. Yeah. I... A long time. Ago. Not my favorite Robin Hood. <laughs> One okay. time. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed it. I, I haven't seen it it's since fine. the theaters. But when I did see it in the theaters, I I quite liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And and I was uh, taken by the music. And I don't know when he started using the composer. Um, it's got a very normal name. Um, let's see My if I can Jones. find it. Tom yeah. Jones. <laughs> Tom Jones. Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, it's it's I in my opinion fine, okay. but yeah. it's definitely okay, not his is... best. That I can't say, be right. A, can't but, be no, right. that is right. I say that is a little less normal. Than I thought. But I thought the music was great, so I, that that drew me in, and and you know I didn't honestly at the time this came out, so it shows how late I came to it. I had not. I don't know if I'd even seen. Robin Hood men in tights yet. So obviously very different <laughs> kind of Robin Hood, but uh and you're a big no, Costner sequel, guy. <laughs> I, I have yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, this, this his take on Robin Hood is like my fourth favorite Robin Hood. Wow. First being the fox in Disney, right? That's a good oh, one. Dropping down to five. I didn't even count the <laughs> Disney Fox. Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. That was my favorite. Ooh, lally, 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 what a day! Yeah. Wow. Can, can no, so many, yeah. so many other Robin Hoods before this one. But I will, I will obviously the... put it above Taron Edgerton, Egerton, whatever, and Jamie Foxx. I will definitely put it above that one. Unbelievable. That was rough. When I was a kid, Showtime had an original series called Robin Hood, and I. Loved it. And then in that? Uh, a whole pile of people you've never uh, heard of. Okay. And my folks 
got it on DVD through Netflix and say, hey, you want to come over? I'm like, you're darn right I want to come over <laughs> and relive some of my childhood memories. And it was bad. <laughs> it, was, it, it looked cool, but it was not as amazing as I remember. The For one sure. cool thing from that series, though, is it was the first time that a Saracen was introduced uh, into the uh, the Robin's band of merry men. And okay. his name was Nasir. And it was all about the crusade. And he yep. he showed up and he was uh, this Muslim character amongst all these white English guys. And then white since then, down. you have uh, Morgan Freeman and all these other influences, uh, I think, directly from that. Uh, yeah, there it is. The, yeah, I'm pointing at the screen that nobody else can see. But, oh, we all uh, see. <laughs> Robin of but, Sherwood. Nice. Yep. Now, here's here's how well I know this show. That's a that's a shot from season two, which had uh, Sean Connery's son in the starring role. Season mm. one had this other guy, and the show was so much a hit that the lead actor went to dynasty this, this oh is my god nice yeah, yeah. nice it's like i'm great. leaving this this showtime show and i'm going to go to be on dynasty for wow. a season so yeah jason connery was in season two oh. the cliffhanger at season one is oh no robin's dead like he ain't dead and then we find out <laughs> oh yeah no he's going to dead reincarnated. Yeah. Like, what's going on jason connery shows up and you're like oh, okay Going it's up to Dynasty, dead. getting shot by yeah. Jr. Is he dead now? Yeah. <laughs> hey, but they, they, Honestly, speaking of reincarnated, it, it was really Scott supposed to do Gladiator too. He is. is he's still planning up. on doing it. Yeah, he's still planning on doing it. He says the script is written and it's oh, coming that, after. He's going to start shooting it after. I I can't remember if he's making one or two movies in the Napoleon interim. But he and Untitled Alien prequel. Okay, say, and then the, he the, said he's going to get to Gladiator 2. Spoiler alert, the lead, lead actor Lucius. Lead actor in Gladiator 2, Jason Connery. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, just, I, I, I gave the real I, answer, the but he gave the dream answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I think I read something that, that the script that was floating around for Gladiator 2 was just insane. Like, Russell Crowe's like reborn again, and like oh it becomes God. yeah, it becomes like fantastical in, in a sense. And it's his like, name's wait, Kratos. Yeah, and he's got these kick-ass. Got a war movie. I'm, I'm oh, a boy. Got a war movie. So that's one thing that um, maybe we could talk about with Ridley Scott and the never-ending Alien stuff. So maybe you know if we got more some people are less satisfied with them so now a new one coming and then there's supposed to be a tv show um yeah is he involved in the tv show i don't know i don't know right unconfirmed yeah i a lot about that tv show is unconfirmed right now i was was excited about i think i thought they said that they had got somebody to direct or maybe produce and it got me excited but i don't remember actually so maybe i'm making it up because i'm like oh shit this person's yeah, I mean, you know I so much about that show is up in the air right now. Yeah. So. I just love aliens. Yeah. I just, uh, I, you know, I worry. But do you love aliens versus gets, predator? Gets pushed into too too many iterations, you know? Like, yeah. things, can, things can stop. 
The Aliens versus Predator was the best of the franchise. <laughs> I mean, which I like one? Cartoons. Which franchise? <laughs> yeah, I, which, I, yeah. I like part two's uh, vulgar and violence because part one was PG thirteen and it was kind of you know it was like oh off screen deaths and mm-hmm. eh, it's a little disappointing when you watch an alien movie that's not a little bit more graphic. But I mean those movies are just kind of disappointments regardless. But <laughs> no, I'm not a big Aliens. Versus, I mean I thought they were the first one was fine. You know it's but it. Yeah, it does degrade the Alien franchise, uh, in my view. Um, and Predator. And Predator. Predator, I mean, my take is the first Predator is great, mm-hmm. and then Predator is, is quite good, actually, I think. That's the Adrian Brody one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that one's good. I, I like part two, been... too. You know, like a Danny Glover? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I thought that it was, was good. I think it was cool because it, it was, there's a lot thing. of yeah, yeah. there's like parallels to being in a you know jungle I guess a concrete mm-hmm. jungle this time and then there it is. so I, I I enjoyed it definitely yeah part one is obviously <laughs> goaded but uh, all right we're we're yeah. straying we've we uh, we gone <laughs> into predator territory this uh what are we else got on, uh, on Ridley Scott and we have any like major disappointments favorites or things they really haven't brought up at this point about him or his filmography or what you're looking forward to or I think the, um, the rolling me, donut was, was rolling, oh <laughs> you get out of the run, way of a rolling shit a rolling space we got we got to run downhill <laughs> what he took a 93 turn like this turn, movie sucks i was upset with this movie before and like there's no fucking way that things going to fall from the sky and roll down the hill after him and they're going to run in a straight line like, oh, so no. um, I agree. But in fairness, no, probably one of my favorite movies ever is Jurassic Park. And what do they do in the tree with this impossibly with this with Jeep car? impossibly falling down to <laughs> the tree, down. which would just like flip out of the tree. <laughs> but instead, it just crashes through all these giant branches just and they just keep climbing these. down. Johnny, those are prehistoric vines. We don't have a comparable analog. It's garbage. garbage. There's so many mistakes in that movie, and I still love it with all my heart. Well, we can't prove them because we didn't live during the time, right? But you could have just moved aside. (laughs) Move to the side of the tree. Three feet each side. Done. Different, though. There's a a giant rolling donut coming at you. What do you do? I think the, the basic idea here is if it's coming straight at you, just, you know, yeah. The, the, the only I way know. it could have been worse is if they would have you... run toward it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get this donut. Okay, so we've got we've got Pete's complaint here, the rolling donut. Yes, no, I, indeed. I was going to say earlier, one of my underrated ones was uh, Black Hawk Down. I think that was mm, one. I, yeah. think I didn't. And honestly, like, since we've talked more about his movies, I do realize, like, more really Scott's feel of it. I didn't realize that was a really Scott film, too. Um, I honestly just remember it as like a gritty take on a, you know, an overseas combat, I guess, situation. I can't remember if it was based on, I think it was based on a true story. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that I, I was just like that. I think that was really well done. I think it, it really got down into like the gritty nature of it all. And it, it had mm-hmm. like the grainy filming, which I don't think he's really used too much. But, I feel like but, that one set off a chain of uh, more semi-biographical or historical modern so military t- mm-hmm. style movies because i remember I, did yeah. that win some academy awards or something yeah. like that or was at least mm-hmm. nominated mm-hmm. there was mm-hmm. so much acclaim for that movie yeah yeah, yeah. 
That's not, like, just for me, like, I think, you know, talking about everything and it's still, like, obviously didn't enter, you know, top three for us. So it just kind of gives credence to how good Ridley Scott is. And it's like, for me, that movie it was just like, it had such a, a, a giant cast and it felt really intimate, but still, you know, it was really graphic. Mm-hmm. It was really violent. And it was literally war. Like, I think it was a really good, I mean, I've never been to war, so I can't speak on it. Obviously, I don't know anything about it, but I think it gave me probably one of the better visuals i've had of conflict in that sense mm-hmm. so i think yeah for me that was a really underrated one and i think it goes a lot of people don't realize that it is a really scott movie mm-hmm. yeah no i think he it, you know and i wonder if it's a a mixture of there's movies he really really wants to do and then there's movies that he does that he knows are gonna like be there for awards and then the ones that are going to be commercial successes, or if it's just like he just is interested in all these things and they happen to hit different boxes, you yeah. know, again, like the Martian, very commercially successful. Mm-hmm. A lot of people saw it, um, you know, but then, uh, or, or match to command just feels like, you know, mm-hmm. it's a movie that oh, yeah, know, people are going to go see. Yeah. But then it's something like a, like a kingdom of heaven or maybe even house of Gucci that seemed designed for award season or something like that. I mean, yes, but also I feel like when we're talking about all of these, like even though they're, they're different in the stories they tell, I feel like they're a lot of them are based on true stories. And he seems to be very interested in that no matter what the setting, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just thinking about like the last duel based on a true story, like black Hawk down based on a true story. Like gangster. American Gangster, House of Gucci, like all of these true stories that he seems to be like, like, what can I bring to the table in exploring this, you know, based on a true story? And then and then you kind of have his other like catalog of like pushing, you know, sci fi boundaries. I don't I don't know. I just feel like there's it is kind of a weird dynamic to think about it because it's yeah, it's it's really historically, I guess, accurate if you want to say accurate, you know. Because right. not very accurate, but that. But he's like based, two based very sort of reality versus yeah, you're, yeah, two very diametrically very opposite yeah. interests that he's just like. I don't know. I feel like I have stories to tell in these spaces. Like you know, what do I want to say? Yep. Yeah, that's kind of that is pretty impressive to be able to jump like because even most of the story, like like Scorsese, I don't think he's ever done really like a sci-fi movie or you know like a. He doesn't know, really jump out of his wheelhouse. Yeah, too often. yeah, exactly. It's like crime, <laughs> crime thrillers, yeah. I guess, or something. And then uh, even, um, I mean, like, I don't know how James Gunn even, like, he'll stick to his, you know, more sci-fi or, you know, I don't want to say comical because it's not, like, funny or whatever. But I don't think James Gunn's really done, like, a serious movie or historically accurate one, maybe. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. not 100% on that, so I'll take my word for it's it. But, um, it is impressive to me for really Scott to be kind of jump between the two. Yeah, for sure. We're really shortchanging Thelma and Louise. I was just thinking about that one too. What, what, okay, what, I haven't seen a, that one either. I haven't seen that. It's so good. It really is. I did not know what what I was gonna like. I mean, I I, I knew I thought I was gonna find a good story, but like, who really good? Okay. Strong women. Mm-hmm. Really, Scott likes them. I guess. True. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good point. Well, he likes the evolution. Like they, oh. I feel like they're very like pseudo Ripley, like early, like two kind of very seemingly like innocent and waifish and 
Oh, yeah, you know? like, even in Alien, like, I don't think watching it the first time, I didn't think, I didn't feel like she was going to be the one that survived at the end. Right, you don't, like, like, approach Sigourney Weaver's character and mm. you're like, sure, like, she's, like, you know. No, they uh, rise to the Badass occasion. bitch, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But there's, like, a transformation of, like, rising to the occasion yes. that you see in, like, Thelma and Louise. You know, it's yeah, it's obviously a different setting, but it's, like, the same deal. They, like rise to the occasion they figured out the archetypal depiction of uh, how a woman would behave in these circumstances they're rising Mm -hmm. above like gi jane like literally there you go as the movie is about preach keep going you're right well and then by the end of the movie they're still like oh sorry oh no i was just i was gonna make a joke i was just gonna say also gi jane has vigo mortensen in it so i mean yeah (laughs) well thelma louise has brad pitt I mean, we're talking about the king of got men some, here. Got some eye candy. Well, Viggo Mortensen is? No. Well, from Lord of the Rings, he is. Yeah. Yeah. King of men. Okay. He'll be the king of my heart forever. Yeah. <laughs> what happened All to right. Viggo Mortensen? Did he just retire? Yeah, he's, still, in, uh, he's still floating around. He was is in it? Green Book? Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh that's right. He was in Green Book, yeah. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, yeah. Yep. He's he's been a lot choosier about his projects. He he got pushed into some stuff that it, right after Lord of the Rings that he was not particularly Drugs. pleased with. Eastern Promises, Hid- Hidalgo. Eastern <laughs> Promises was good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Eastern Promises. Yeah, yeah. uh, uh, what's the violent uh, history of violence? That was yep. good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Comic book movie, yeah. Yeah, he liked that stuff. I'm just saying, like yeah. Hidalgo, it... he got pushed into <laughs> and was not pleased oh, right. about. That's right. the horse racing movie. Wasn't there some like, like yeah. horse die die in that movie or something? Okay, can we talk yeah. about horse dying with Ridley Scott? For God's sake, man. Yeah. Take it I mean, easy on the his... animals in your movies. He loves Go his cavalry. On. We can't be mad at him. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, the last duel. What was that? The, one of the first the scenes. First scenes we're like, yeah. oh my God, those poor the horses. First and the last. <laughs> Even in the I duel, know. I was like yeah, feeling yeah. sorrier for the horses than I was the two guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he just like runs one into a wall. What the yeah. fuck? Spoiler. Well, let's be honest. The two guys, the two I'm male sorry, characters. I can't. <laughs> there wasn't anything really redeeming about the two male characters in that movie. But yeah. Also, also like, I like really. Five minutes in. Go ahead. So I really thought I was going to be bothered. Lover. I thought I was really going to be bothered by the haircuts in that film. The mullet. Like the yeah, all the and like Ben Affleck's bleached hair and whatever. I was like, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to sit myself down and and be like, just have to get past it got past it right away i was actually more troubled by like the dialogue that was like way too modern for the time yeah my first Mm. two minutes in i was like okay is vet damon american (laughs) adam driver uses the word you have to be solvent and i was like shut up nobody in 14th century france uses the word (laughs) solvent to talk to anybody Hmm, interesting Yeah, yeah i mean like, that's ne- interesting because you know he does usually bring such a like a credibility. What you know, right? Regardless of what ultimately ends up being factual or not in his historical dramas. And to be fair, he didn't write it. Um, well, it Affleck, Damon, of- and another writer collaborated, but okay. it was it was just something that I was like, I mean, you don't have to get like super into like you know we don't have to go back to like let's read some Chaucer and like you know speak like well, the Canterbury it- Tales, but. Could have, could have not used the word solvent. 
Well, he, he had a lot of flack for uh, Exodus, right? Gods and, and whatever. Because um, he it was yeah. like predominantly uh, English actors, I think. And it was yeah. about Egypt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, is that a so problem? Nah. It is an interesting, uh, you know, so <laughs> is it uh, getting less, is it getting less picky? Or, you know, I think somebody, I think we've talked before about him biting off more than he can chew, taking too many projects. He's just kind of all over the place, mm-hmm. you know? And so whether that's, on just a, an executive producer role or it's directing or whatever, you know, you're just going to have fingers in so many pies. And, um, you know, does it, does that make something suffer? But we really haven't talked about hardly disliking any of his films really. So yeah. maybe that's not the case, but you know, when I would say yeah. it seems like he brings a credibility to a historical drama, then maybe he's not so much anymore. Maybe it's uh, he's willing to float, you know, between those things. Well, I mean, to, to partially answer this question, I think um, when I was looking at his film catalog, it wasn't as expansive in, in, you know, I mean like previous years, I feel like right now he's so involved in so many things. It's gotten like, like the speed with which he's making different projects has accelerated. And I think it's probably not only like a product of the industry, um, but you know, probably that there are just more opportunities to do these things as well. Because when I was looking back, I was just sort of struck by the fact that, like, he's made a lot of very big name movies. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of things that people would recognize if you said the title, like, they wouldn't be like, oh, what's that rando obscure one? Um, So he didn't make a lot of, like, filler in between these really good movies. But just right now, I feel like he's involved in so many things. He just, like... I don't know, kind of needs to maybe maybe make a movie every couple of years instead of every couple of months, which it seems Mm -hmm. like is happening right now. Yeah. Yep. Um, Okay. What is there anything that hasn't been said? Otherwise, we've uh, talked about our favorites, talked about some disappointments, Mm -hmm. talked about some hallmarks of uh, of the man and his films. Yeah, I think it's just gone unspoken. I don't think it was pretty enlightening for me, honestly. <laughs> like even after looking at filmographies and everything, and just talking about it, it's just, oh shit, okay, he's pretty legit. <laughs> he wasn't a one hit or two hit. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Open my, new, right. my eyes to a whole new angle of uh, Ridley Scott. My cool. final statement mm. on the topic of Ridley Scott is: I think what he should do next is a blockbuster film version. Of Cowboy Bebop. Live action. <laughs> Interesting. Shane, and we're back where we started. Oh, I, I'll wait for that one to come out. I'll wait for that you one know, to come out. I'll watch that uh, one first. An eye like his is someone I would respect a lot more to attempt that. Because Did you see- I've, said, I've said for years that if there's going to be an anime that could work in a live action setting, I mean, you take slice of life animes, a number of those, they get made in Japan into live action films. Mm-hmm. Um, those make sense. It's just more realistic down to earth. But something else would be Kawi Bebop. It's this blend of it's it's a blend of noir, cyberpunk, Western um, w- with like a lot of re- like homage and respect to American uh, rock and blues. And I think that it's um it's something that could be perfectly grounded and could be uh, great in, with in the hands of someone like Ridley Scott that um, 
can world build so well? Well, but John, you beat my him joke. Understand what's that? But you beat my <laughs> joke to death. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, you know, I know, but I'm, I'm just taking it because oh, that's right. It's all good. Because it's, I used to <laughs> be in served the up a softball, where, and John's like pulling it down, checking the laces, like ooh. <laughs> where I wanted more adaptations of my favorite things in different mediums. And I'm kind of not there. I'm, it's like, well, that was a mistake. That was a problem. I was, I was wrong. I admit it. I was wrong. Um, but I, it's not that none of it could be done well. So mm-hmm. I take your joke, joke and I take it seriously. Um, <laughs> it, it could be a real thing. I'm glad you're open-minded. Mm-hmm. Right. Now go watch his Peacemaker rant and say that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't, I haven't touched Peacemaker either. I gotta check that out. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Get, uh, get him started. Yeah. yeah. No, I won't say anything about it. I just was so disappointed. So, um, all right. Well, I want to give everybody the opportunity to plug anything they want to plug. If you're involved in something, um, if you've got a, you got a website with merch you want to talk about, Ooh. you got books, you got uh, things you're doing, you know, a, a guest you know, appearances you're going to make out in the wild like uh motivational speaking whatever it is um but i thank you all for joining us and uh we'll start with renato oh man oh well thank you for having me it was great being uh first episode it's awesome meeting you guys good conversation Uh, i don't really have anything to plug i did i did host a podcast for a while um it's called exclusive obscenities it's quite vulgar and uh Mm -hmm. and uh but it's i've got really good feedback on it i haven't recorded in a while we had a few people leave but it's uh something i hope to get back into find some new host with me but that is something i did but it was nice to get this kind of back into it and i really yeah. enjoyed doing this so thanks for having me on i really appreciate yeah. it you bet yeah. yeah yeah keep us keep us posted if that uh that resurfaces and we'll tune yeah we, we have what like 20 episodes i think up on everywhere um but like i said it's been like a year since we recorded so sure yep yeah but yeah thank you all right pete yeah, you can uh, check out uh, Peter J. Gilbertson on Amazon.com if you like the science fiction, fantasy, and horror stories. We've got uh, Vampire Autopsy and Other Tales, uh, Zombies at the Gates and Other Tales. Can I get that signed? Can I order it signed? Yeah, yeah, I will make that happen. <laughs> yes. Uh, where the Drive it down to go? you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, right, we got a Lumalnati's. I'll trade you <laughs> You don't understand. that. He's that already is. on his way. Yeah. <clears throat> this sounds amazing. Yeah. Did you ever go to uh, Hot Dogs and Cased Meat Emporium? I did. Yeah. Um, that... I went before they closed down. They have a stand at Wrigley, so you can still get some hot dogs if you want it. Oh. But... Oh man, yeah. But yeah. they have the uh, duck fat fries on Friday. That that was yeah. part of my uh, must go to it. So I will plug once. Yeah, if you're if you're ever back, there's one spot called the Duck Inn. They make really good duck, but they also have duck fat fries and really good hot yeah. dog and food. So if you're ever in Chicago, we're, Bridgeport, check out the Duck Inn. It's awesome. We're gonna party. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> one hundred. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All right. Yeah, everybody uh, should definitely check out Peter's books. Um, Amazon.com. We'll try to put the link in the YouTube uh, description. Shane, how about you? Well, this is something really close to my heart. I've been thinking for years about going to Italy. So I'm going to put up a GoFundMe page. So, you know, you right wants to donate to that. 
I got five on it. We'll have Alan post the link later. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Any anywhere in particular you want to go? No, no. We're actually go- we we are planning on going to Italy in August uh, for a, a friend's wedding, actually. But nice. No, go fund me. Oh. <laughs> I, I thought it was gonna be a GoFundMe for uh, so they'd make a season two of Netflix called Bebop. <laughs> hey, didn't somebody hey, didn't like uh, somebody pick it up? I thought somebody bought the rights to it to produce it. I have no idea. No it's idea. possible. So I mean, I know Netflix. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, Netflix back. was pretty quick on the draw to cancel it, but I mean, yeah, that doesn't mean somebody surprised. else didn't pick up the IP. Yep, I think someone did. Hmm. Well, well, yeah. bad things happen seasons, every day six seasons in a movie <laughs> six seasons in a movie baby Andrea anything uh, anything out of the ordinary different for you this week uh, not this week, um, but a couple of Saturdays from now on February 19th um, I will be getting back into the live theater world um, going to be in a I show guess. at the huge theater um, in the Twin Cities uh, it's called Off Book and it's several different sketches where um, uh, the directors pair up a scripted actor with an improv actor um, and have them do several different scenes together to kind of see if the improv actor can guess what's going on. Um, I'm I'm one of the scripted actors. I'm, de- I'm not an improv person. I'm not great at that. But I can say the heck out of scripted lines and I can play off someone who's improving me. So I will be doing that nice. at uh, cool. 8 o'clock. Saturday, February nineteenth. The show is called Off Book at the Huge Theater. If anybody so wants just, to check it out, one showing, one showing. Yeah, so I'm um, I'm part of a rotating group of scripted actors, and um, we each kind of like get a night. Okay. And February nineteenth yep. is my night. So. Yep. Mm. All right. Sounds exciting. Is it going to be live streamed? Oh, I don't know. It'd be good it question. might be. Honestly, <laughs> I'll let It'll everybody know if it out, is. Yeah. Yeah, what night will you be getting? Is it a moon night? Is it what? The nineteenth of Friday. <laughs> a moon night. Oh my god! I missed Peter's it. He, he just had to slip that in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been Popcast on the Rocks, episode ninety-three. We're approaching a hundred. Getting there. We'll do something special, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've been past more than more than a year now, so make sure to go back and listen to things we want. Uh, we're on YouTube, and uh, you can follow us on um, Twitter, Facebook, like, share, comment, subscribe, all that sort of thing. We're also on your favorite podcast directories. Take your pick. Spotify offers a video version now if you want that. Um, we're also on Apple and Google and Stitcher, so a bunch of different ones. Be sure to leave a review that uh, helps us out, and um, that'll do it from us. Thank you, everyone, for joining me this week. And uh, Andrea, of course, thanks for always being here. Of course. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.